0: down and listen to records, smell the cover, read all the verses, tell me about your
1: favorites on Vinyl and Vision. Hey! Hello! Thank you for tuning in to the latest episode of Vinyl and Vision. This is episode 41. Uh, very special guest tonight is Hash Vias. Um, so I'm just going to tell you that we jumped right into this, this episode... Um, by by chance, it wasn't it wasn't planned at all. We were uh, Hash and I were supposed to Zoom on this day that we had this conversation, and at the very last minute, there was a change of plans, and he uh, mentioned uh, getting some work done to an upright bass of his. I was just like, I have an upright bass. It's like, why don't I bring you up my, my my upright bass? So ultimately, um, he invited me over. And I was just like, cool, I'll, I'll come over, I'll bring all the stuff, and I'll, we'll do the recording that way, uh, and, uh, I'll bring the bass too, it'll be fun, we can maybe jam or something like that. And, um, so, while I'm there setting up all my stuff, uh, we did a lot of talking, we kind of, like, had already started the conversation, basically, so, the way that the episode starts, it's kind of just jumped right into a point where we finally got to sit down with the mics on, you know, um, and, uh... So, yeah, it starts off a little politically heavy, which is a little different for me. I'm not really, you know, I'm not big on it because I just am not, I don't feel like I'm knowledgeable enough. Um, But also, uh, you know, uh, Hash is a political person. Um, You know, he definitely has some strong feelings. And uh, the album we were discussing, the pop group's Why, is uh, an exceptionally uh, political album. So it kind of just seemed fitting to do that. Um, But, you know, we try to have fun with it because that's just the way i like to do things so um yeah man get right into it obviously we talk about the pop groups why which is a amazing album and i'm so grateful that uh hash suggested it because it was an opportunity for me to listen to that band and that album and it's uh and it's wonderful it's really fucking great so um the only other thing i should probably mention now is that uh uh, Hash is in a another band. He's been in a number of groups. Obviously, you probably know him best from uh, being the bass player for the Thie- Thievery Corporation, uh, Go 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 Earhart, and um, yeah, he does a number of other like little projects here and there. Basically, whatever whatever comes his way. But um, so uh, locally speaking, he's actually started a new band called Narnia with a G. And, uh, we talked a very little bit about that, like, the whole conversation just snowballed into this thing, and then, like, by the end, I was just like, oh, we haven't talked about any of the bands that you've been in. So, um, but yeah, Narnia, uh, just did a recent live stream for Dusk, and it's on, uh, the Dusk's, uh, YouTube website, YouTube webpage, and I will link that, as well as the Narnia Bandcamp page, because they just put out, also last week, a, uh, a brand new three-song EP, um, which I picked up. It's only digital, so I don't have a copy for you to show you. But uh, yeah, Narnia's three-song EP. Pick it up. It's just a little money. It's like three dollars, just a donation. You can uh, obviously pay more if you'd like to kind of help those, uh, help the band out, help the players out. Um, you know, obviously Hash being a uh, hired musician uh, as his uh, primary form of income, it's uh, you know he's been going through a lot lately as, uh, with the whole pandemic, which we talked about a little bit. So you know, I'd uh, impl- oblige you to consider doing that, buying that, that little record, that little EP, and uh, paying top dollar for it. Otherwise, um, I think that's it, you know, we ask that uh, you do the things you do with the internet, please, here, like, share, subscribe, um, comment if you will, if you must, Find by me, I do mind. Uh, rate and review, please, that's a big one for us, uh, we'd appreciate that if you do that, just scroll down to the bottom and hit five stars, thanks, that's all it takes, a few seconds. And uh, without further ado, here's our show.
2: I have to say, like, you know, I... I ha- <laughs> There's a part of me that's just like, God damn, politics is kind of boring again.
0: (laughs) Oh, now it is, yeah. You know what I'm saying?
2: Because I've been, I mean, dude, I've been, so for me, it's like, you know, all day. I mean, and this is how I grew up, too. You know what I mean? I just grew up with, like, my dad's always been political, you know what I mean? Bleeding liberal, you know what I'm saying? A Democrat. I want to say liberal. He's a Democrat. He's a party guy. He's more moderate. Um, But, anyways, I've always, you know, I've been astute and then I'm a fan of history, you know what I'm saying, and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So for me, it's like, it's fascinating. But, you know, watching for the last year, because I've been here and I got Fios TV finally in like April of last year. Or so, or Fios downstream. Um, and uh, so I just watched the news channels and it was just like, I mean, that shit was like, some of that stuff was gold. I mean, when he was talking about the detergent stuff, <clears throat> I was watching that live. And I was just like, is this really going down? And then it was crazy because he got so dissed, obviously, after it was over, right? Yeah. That he was like, remember, that was a Thursday. And they was like, all right, we're not taking any more press conferences. on Friday. We're not doing any more press conferences. And I was, at that moment, I was like, no We want you back We you gotta come back You know what I mean Like You're like You're killing me You're like the, You know yeah. It's like you, you, This is comedy gold I mean when that dude was like When that dude was like I'm doubling down oh, I feel better Like I feel like I'm 20 years younger Or whatever he said I was just like This fool is straight up Doubling down on stupidity You know he, what I mean
1: He actually made uh, George uh, George Bush look worse Dude He actually Yo, like,
2: dude. How old are you Uh, 40 Okay, so I'm forty six, good. So we're the same age. Yeah, dude.
0: Probably, yeah.
2: yeah, you know, we grew up in like we're not you're not, you're not like ten years, fifteen. Dude. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I remember when like would so when we go, go, go. When we were, the first time we went to Europe, <clears throat> we were oh. supposed to go in two thousand one. Right. But um that got cancelled due to nine eleven and all that shit. Mm. And so it pushed us back. So we didn't go until two thousand two. And I remember the first time I went to Europe and we were on tour for about four weeks, <clears throat> did the whole thing. Um yeah, you know, there'd be some shows where people are like, oh, I can't believe that you voted him in. I'm like, dude, first of all, I hadn't didn't even voted in this election. Like, this last election was the first fucking election I voted in yeah. since since Clinton and Dole. Right. And the only reason I voted for the Clinton and Dole took, because, you know, I was, I'm always that. I'm not saying a conspiracy guy, but I'm definitely into, you know, again, if you know history, the big names are not like the fucking little guy on the on the thing. It's right. usually like corporate dudes or military dudes or political dudes. Um, but, you know, it was this whole thing where uh, the only reason I voted in the in the Clinton one was because of Prop 215. That was back in 1996. Oh, yeah. Medical marijuana. I was in San- I went to San Diego State out of college. And I was like, right. that was the first one I could vote for. And it was like, oh, we're going to put out medical marijuana. I was like, oh, I'm going to go vote for that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wait, wait. I, I looked at all the senators and like local stuff. And I'm like, I have no idea. I'm not voting for this. But then I looked up and I was like, Dole, the pencil holder or Clinton? Right. I'm like, Clinton.
1: he looks like he might smoke pot yeah (laughs) yo he may get his dick sucked soon (laughs) all of our predictions were correct (laughs) who would have (laughs) thought yo who would have thought
2: okay on real talk speaking of getting your dick sucked who would have thought
1: that that would happen
2: no that we had a guy who fucking caused a goddamn insurrection, and they tried to impeach us. And the uh, previous guy that tried to do this, which was him, the previous previous Im- impeachment was over a fucking blowjob in the motherfucking office. Yo, dude, right. this fool had motherfuckers screaming, "Nancy, Nancy, where are you, Nancy?" You know what I'm saying? Hmm. And 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 they're gonna try come like, come on, man. Right. Like America has come a long way, but it's like you. Yeah. Kennedy got his dicks. Actually, even friggin' that wrinkly ass Nixon probably did too. You know what, what I'm saying? They
1: probably, probably all have. It's you just a no matter who got caught. Clinton yeah. got caught.
2: Exactly. And he got, and they were looking for him. And, yo, listen, not a fan of him too. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. For, for me, my politics are not left and right. They're up and down. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's all about people. who It's, it's the haves versus the have-nots, the mm-hmm. bourgeoisie and the proletariat. It's right. the... <laughs> it's the Bezoses versus that guy who's hanging out at the uh, off ramp on, on 95 over there spare changing you know what I'm saying so
1: yeah man, it's just so weird I think it's because it's be, like things have become so transparent to a degree I mean will every president from this point forth like have a Twitter account and actually give you date like day by day like yo, play yeah. by play like yo, shit going on I in think their life
2: that, I think that's gonna yo that's the new that's the new norm you know what I'm trying right. to say? Like, I mean, maybe not as retardedness as this clown and at your time all the time, right. but they, they, it's it's become a medium. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. like, you know, what I'm talking about for politicians. I mean, right. AOC. I mean, I don't even really bring her up if you want to go like you know 180 degrees, <laughs> but um, um, everybody's using. I mean, it's the, it's the modern them. form of co- communication, right? And 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 that's just how you know. At one time, you know, FDR was saying about fireside chats and all that kind of stuff. Mm. It's like, <clears throat> you know, with. I mean, I'm into ancient history stuff, and it's like, you know, if you go to northern India, there's still, like, stones that they have that have edicts on them Yeah, that are written in, like, you know, three languages, like, you know, ancient Greece, or... Excuse me. Um, That's your stuff, man. I don't know. Yeah. You do whatever you want. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, ancient Greece, uh, ancient Greek. like, I think it was, like, whatever the vernacular of, of the time was there, and I think it was also in Sanskrit or something to that effect, but, you know, it, it's, it's one of these things where... Um, Whatever form of propaganda to get your stuff out there, like right. you know what I mean. Like I mean, dude, to think about Obama, right? He was like kind of the, the first internet president, maybe, right? I mean, he didn't do, do a lot of kind of. Yeah. When I say like 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 Bush, senior junior wasn't really rocking that role, and and no, and, not and, at all. Obama, not personally, not with a personal account. No, no, no. I'm, not, I'm just talking about using the right the, the internet the, in general. <laughs> that you know what I mean? How Obama. Right. They use that angle to, to spread the word. Right. And, um, you know, that's the whole thing about where we are currently. I mean, yeah, we are at a moment right now where, you know, if the president wanted to tweet, hey, I just farted, it
1: could be real time. You know what I'm trying he to He almost did that. He did something similar, I'm sure, right? The last president, you know, Joe Trump. Yeah.
2: Well, I mean, what I'm trying, well, I mean, <laughs> dude, come on, man. Like, I mean, it was... It, it's crazy. What's really blows me away right now is the fact that there is this ism that's kind of tied to him. And mm-hmm. the reason being is, like, again, you and I are somewhat same age. And the fact that this clown has been in our periphery all of this time for a lot of things that aren't even, like, smart or even... Like, I'm a little bit older than you, so I, I do remember, like, <clears throat> when he did the whole put out that one page uh, thing about the Central Park 5 oh. where, where he had done like an, an, I can't remember it was a post at the time like some sort of new, newspaper in New York where he put out a thing about you know prosecuting them and, and, and making you know what I mean like yeah. just being a fucking douche and then it's like um, you know I so when you I used to work downstairs in my dad's pharmacy it's mm-hmm. also a convenience store like it was right. this has been a, a corner drugstore for like 70 years 80 years 90 years got wow. in gotten the time now um and and we used to have like you know back in the, this is the eighties now late eighties I went to high school I grad I left high school I left Rhode Island in ninety two so I worked up until then there, but you know when you would have like star and entertainment week all this, this bullshit what yeah. was Matt what's the National Enquirer and all that the called? rags the rags right yeah. and this fool would be in it, and it would be like stories about like you know even like now we know in in hindsight because. You know we know so much about this guy. Right. Um, you know he's the dude who called in. Hey, you know whatever his alias name that he would use when he would call in. He's like, oh yeah, you know I think Donald Trump is uh, is uh, uh, getting a divorce from you know Ivana or whatever. You know what I'm saying, like that kind of stuff. And the next thing you yeah. know, and he's just been a charlatan. And for me being Indian, you know what I'm saying, like you know the Taj Mahal that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh really, this guy's calling his place the Taj Mahal, like, you know, mm-hmm. this and that. And you know next thing you know it's like, oh this shit failed.
1: yeah yeah i mean like i don't don't know much about his history i just know that he wasn't a successful businessman so it's like so what is you know what is the like see 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 glamour of this guy see it's it's interesting
2: when they it's interesting because i say this because uh they say that he's not a, a a great business guy but there's there has to be some aspect of him that is making money. I mean oh, yeah. you, can't, you can't be you can't be a shitty businessman and still, you know, flout money. And now mind you, a lot of it is show business and razzle dazzle what he has done and and, right. and, 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 and you know, in hind, hindsight, after four years of this shit and people doing a lot of investigative stuff, you're starting to find out the in depth mm. slash shadiness that we all knew was there. I mean, this is the yeah. same dude that friggin', you know, used to have, like, you know, him and his dad back in the 70s, if they were renting out their place, you know, whoever was going to, like, on the application, they would have CP circled, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Colored people, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Meaning, like, no, we're not renting out to you, or, yeah, we are renting, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, yeah. like, come on, this and he got caught. yeah like, You know what I mean? He went to fucking court and all that shit. And um, the biggest issue is, like, you know, he just, I, I, think, I think the biggest issue <clears throat> with him just, he just has like his his public persona is very douchey mm-hmm. and for some people it's awesome and for other people it's very turn offish some people relate yeah hundred <laughs> percent you know what i'm saying and <laughs> yeah. and that's the crazy part is is uh you know the people who relate to him. Are the dudes that we've always referred to as douches, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's exactly you know, guys like yeah. him, you know what I'm saying? Like, the, just the cocky, fucking, right. think they're the hot shit, and yeah, you know,
1: you know what's funny is like, um, I, I wasn't intending on, on talking politics at all, but now that, but now that we got into it, um, yeah. this is way this
2: all leads into the pop group. Cause oh, I'm know, sure
1: it does, yeah, it does, it does because it's political, yeah, they're political punk rock, absolutely. Um, so I think the weird thing about Donald Trump is that. Whether or whether he meant to or not, he was the president that, for some reason, managed to completely divide the country. Like there's like a fifty-fifty ratio nationwide of like guys that think, and I'm I don't I don't mean to say guys, I mean people right. that think this guy is my guy. He he says all the things I want to hear, and he he's you know he's a stand-up guy, and he's like you know no bullshit, and he's not a politician. And then there's the people that seem to be reasonable types. That think like but he has no experience he has no grace like he has no commendable traits about his personality which make him qualified to do the job
2: you know you know and 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 and, and see yeah yeah see the, the hard part is this is that <clears throat> this is the, this is the thing about about his whole existence even within the politics aspect is just the fact that like the things that he's been saying and the things that he's about such as um, you know, the America first thing and all that kind of stuff is is all kind of sloganeering and, that, and, and, and you know, <clears throat> up to the whole, you know, the, the now we have to deal with the, like the white supremacist nonsense once again. You know what I mean? I thought that, right. I mean, for me, I always like, you know, tell people, it's like, man, I remember the skinheads. I refer to them as the North Attleboro skins when I used to go to Club Babyhead back in the 90s, you know, in the early 90s yeah. and whatnot. Um, and then I moved to San Diego and then I lived in Ocean Beach, you know, and like, Ninety three or four or whatever it was, and you know that used to be the the home like Tom Metzger from I think it was like White Aryan Resistance War. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were based there. You know what I'm saying? Right. At that time, there was like a lot of Hells Angels there and whatnot. Um, and it's gentrified now or revitalized. Um, but, anyways, that being said, uh, uh, the you know some of the stuff that came out of this fool's mouth. Not in that aspect of things, which was stuff that he said too, which kind of is kind of his base base right is like the emboldening about like America first and then the white thing right. um you know the 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 other things like you know I mean like you know putting a halt on Chinese dumping cheap stuff over here, you know what I'm saying, like bringing back manufacturing, you know what I mean, right. now, mind you, it sounds awesome and idealistic but I just recently watched American Factory and it's on Netflix and whatnot. it's like you know mm. came out two years ago it's about a Chinese company that came over here to you know build windshield windshields for, out of some place in Ohio but long story short is like you know when you're looking at it like the crux of the story at least two thirds or almost you know 70% of the thing is, is, is about the difference between the work ethic between the Chinese and the Americans the Americans want to start a union and all that kind of stuff and all of a sudden you know but the end thing was just mostly about automation and how a whole bunch of people are not going to have jobs and whatnot. But <clears throat> that being said, um, when you hear that kind of sloganeering and stuff like that about you know trying to, to to bring back and you know his whole "Make America Great Again" slogan, I mean that resonates with people who you know are down and out. You know what I'm saying? People yeah. who lost jobs that were. Whether they were manufacturing jobs or just basic bozo jobs that mm. you could have had, or at least their parents had, like you know, a middle class living and all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, what I mean, what's what? What do we have now? Like, you, you're going to be a, you're going to work at Amazon or you're going to work at Walmart. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just like I had this discussion. Like how, I, yeah, I was gonna like, you're, like you're, how demoralizing. And when you're watching this video, like this thing on American factories, like, you know, you got this is like from two or three years ago, and you got people who are like, you know, back on the machine thing. And it's like they're doing the same monotonous nonsense. And there's a scene in the whole movie where, like, you know, some of the head honchos at the American plant go to China to the main plant, hmm. and some of these, like, the way that they're running in, in the Chinese plant is like a military operation. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's a moment where, like, the like the head team captain is making all of these guys like count, and they're like like whatever in their language, you know, in Mandarin or whatever, so, and um, you know, these guys are coming out of the fields you know what i mean like these guys could either be working in the rice paddy or like you know working as a farmer or working in like a village and now all of a sudden they have a a job where they can get paid a wage and whatever and it sucks but hmm. you know what i mean maybe the kids gonna have a better life meanwhile over here we're like uh-uh. yo it's what yo i got lunch sorry i'm not gonna be able to finish that right now you know what i mean like that kind of stuff or you know I just guess. the health and safety part like You know, there's this one dude who's a Chinese guy who's like, yeah, you know, I go into the freaking furnace guy or whatever it is. He's like, I get all burnt up and whatnot. And then like, meanwhile, it's like his American counterparts like man, the stuff that he does is crazy. You know what I'm (laughs) saying? Like that kind of thing, you know. know, Mm -hmm. Anyway, so that being said what this guy was saying the way he was doing the rhetoric stuff definitely resonated Mm -hmm. with a segment of American society which you know I, 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 the people who stormed the castle outside of the ones who were the straight up fucking racists and all the, you know the, just the assholes right you know there are there are, there are people up there who you know all you rich guys are getting richer I mean fuck Bezos during this motherfucking COVID thing is worth bank oh yeah <laughs> you know what I mean like there, I'm, I'm almost thinking the reason that he you know decided to re- resign or you know like down step from Amazon is because, you know, it's only a matter of time before Amazon gets split up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, cash out higher. I mean,
2: fucking it's worth enough. (laughs) You know what I mean? And and at the end of the day, when it does break up into five pieces, does he get a piece of uh, all of those? You know what I'm saying? Like, how does it work? I mean, it's not like he's going to go broke, but the point I'm making is just this, is that, you know, then, then you got people that we see on the nightly news that are like, I got kids. I don't even have a job. Right. Now what? You know what I'm saying? You know, a lot of what we're seeing right now has a lot of lot to do with, uh, you know, with, with with the last 50 plus years, 50 or so years of more than that, maybe now 55, you know, ever since like the, the Immigration Act of, of 65, the Voters Act, Civil Rights Act, and all that kind of stuff where, mm. you know, people of color have asserted some sort of a dominance, at least on a political level. Yeah. And to a certain extent, a financial level too, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, because... A lot of the immigrants, I mean, my dad used to work. I mean, we were joking yesterday. It's like my dad works from, you know, he used to work nine to nine downstairs oh, yeah. um, from Monday to Friday, Saturdays from nine to seven, and then on the weekend, right. uh, Sunday from nine to one. But, you know, the thing is now is like, you know, it's like people like myself who are older and who could communicate? I mean, when I watch it, I mean to think about how many Indian like who would have known that I should have maybe been a doctor, and I would be on TV more than I would be if I you know was on stage being a musician. You know what I'm saying? It's like there's so many Indians that I see like you know in politics. I mean the whole lot yeah. you know what I mean, and, and and the same thing with a lot of other uh, nationalities too. I mean when we were looking at Joe Nagusa and whatnot, you know he's an Ethiopian dude and whatnot. You know what I mean during the impeachment last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know there's a lot. So anyways. That being said, um, when you look at the eyes of where we are currently, I mean, fuck, everybody's in their late seventies, early eighties who's running the show. You know what I mean? When you look at Nancy, you look at friggin', I always tell them, I tell people all the time, the crazy part about the last forty years, thirty-five years rather, thirty years, um, Bush Jr., Clinton, and Dum Dum, all three of those fools were born in nineteen forty-six. And this, and this dude that we're dealing with right now, the other slowpoke grandpa, he was born in
1: 1942.
2: Really? So what I'm, wow, I'm trying to... They're all
1: around the same age? What's that? They're all around the same age? Dude, they're all boomer. Like,
2: I mean, 46 is not boomer technically, but they're all boomers, dude. All right. Dude, and, and that's why... Think about all... Like, my dad was born in 44. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is, like, these dudes are still alive. <clears throat> and these are the people who are kind of like, they hold the purse pockets, they hold the, the, the ballot box you know cuz the kids don't want to vote unless you got to deal with morons like now you know right <clears throat> um so if you think about it i mean like where we are coming from like our 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 lens of perspective of of people who can buy into the Make America Great Again stuff or people who, like, you know, when you were in your 20s and the 60s, I mean, you gotta think about all these, like, bridges and the WPA projects and all that kind of CCC projects. I mean, like Hoover, Dam, like, these were things that America produced. These were, you know... Hmm. And for these guys, when they were young, this was the wonders of the world. Shit, nowadays, I mean, you go fucking China, you go to friggin', you know, South... Middle East, you go to all these other... They got buildings bigger than us. They got bridges. They got friggin', you know, they got... Their infrastructure is so... I mean, why do you think they're talking about all about the infrastructure now? Is because our shit has been fucking... You know, our politicians have just been siphoning from us. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At the end of the day, or or, or or hooking up their homies, you know what I'm saying? Whatever you want to call it. And, 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 and so, you know, they've been deteriorating, like... I mean, dude, this street right here, this main street, if you yeah. walk down either way here, you can see medallions still in the ground from the WPA. Oh, really? These sidewalks are that... Dude, from the 30s.
1: They look good, though.
2: (laughs) No, I just... just Dude, I understand. But I just... The medallions, I want to grab one. But otherwise, it's like... You know what I mean? Dude, we haven't done that update in in that long. Right. That's kind of fucked up. Those things... Some of those medallions say 1936, 1937. Dude, we're in 2021. Hmm. Like... How about like maybe every twenty years maybe you wanna try re-maintenance? you know what I'm saying? And there's gonna be motherfuckers out there who see me right now and you know you're gonna say, Oh, but the work back then was so much better. Yes it was, but guess what? It is too. Okay? You know what I mean? Right. We have the same stuff. It's just like you gotta do maintenance, man. And anybody who's That's in the, the building construction world, you know better. So right. the point is just that, is that is is, is, is is when you look at these people who are running the show right now, mm. in politics. Huh? And society, right? Because that whole age of people who are from 60 to 80 or 90, I mean, these guys are, are holding on to a lot of wealth. Mm-hmm. Now my dad owns this building. Right. He's from that generation and I just live in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so what I'm getting at is that's why his message resonated well with a certain segment of society. And that's an older generation, but that older mentality is also passed down to your children. Mm-hmm. And so... You either do one of two things, right? You say "fuck you" and you walk away from that stuff and go opposite, or you slightly toe the line. You know what I'm saying? To, right. To a certain level. Hey, I got some black friends, and I got some Chinese friends, and I got an Indian friend. You know? Right. I like Indian
1: food too. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, man. I don't know, man. I don't know what to think about the way the world's working right now. It's just so fucking strange. Like everything. I had a fucking argument with my wife today, and it's kind of like about this feeling like because she just gets so stressed out with things you know and it's just like talking about doing the business right like so you as an independent musician like you are uh, independent businessman for the most part you know you you, you're self-employed music is your gig and you need to manage that somehow you need to be have some kind of some kind of capitalistic mentality about it you yeah, have like, to yeah, be thinking i always used to say it's about i wanted to make money making music yeah That's and you have to be practical about it you know so like i like i'm doing this gig and i do the record sales and the mm-hmm. you know putting the record out and stuff like that and you know it's like i'd much rather be doing that than any other 40 hour week job 100 percent. and it's just a matter of just like okay well how do i make this work for me instead of doing that you know and it's just like And then there, there, so the the argument was the confrontation of, well, you like how are you gonna like how are you gonna make that happen like how are you gonna make it work in this economy where you know people are out of jobs like who who needs to buy a record right now? And I'm like I I understand, but people are buying them. Like there are some people out there that aren't hurting that bad, or at least like have something. You know, like I understand that people's jobs have been diminished to a capacity. Like uh, you know the service industry workers, people that are. You know, getting one shift a week as opposed to the four 100%. that they had. And,
2: and, and to a certain extent, you know what I mean? Like, I commend you on still putting out records. All right. Touche. Well. Uh, but that being said, you know, it tent, like, yeah. I mean, the service worker, I mean, dude, I, I, that's that's why I keep on telling my dad. I'm like, you know, I mean, for me, like, my unemployment's about to end up. My, my socialist Check is about to end. Uh, just for all you morons who don't know the difference between communism, socialism, and capitalism, they're economic systems. They're not political systems. Mm. Um, with that being said, um, yeah, it's like our industry of art, per se, mm. is kind of troubled because you know most of us doing those service jobs has to do with the fact that you know, hey, I'm going on tour for a month. Hmm. Well, I mean, if you were working at a place where you had to be there, like if you were working an office job where you had to, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's not happening. You would say, hey, guys, um, I really can't go on tour for a month. Can we just do the weekend? And all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, I guess I don't have a band anymore. Um, but the point is just this, is that those people that are in those industries hmm. kind of like fund what
1: we're doing, too. You know what I mean? Yeah. In the
2: sense of like, you know, you're talking about like selling records.
1: Right. Well, it's a merry-go-round, okay, so we need all of the people, like, so we work in an, ent- in, an, in, in an entertainment industry to a degree, yes. and, and it's a luxury uh, industry, you know, it's just like, as we we're finding out with COVID, we don't need that shit, mm-hmm. but the people that make it, the, the artists and the musicians and the crew that go behind those productions, you know, the cameramen, the electricians, the whole know, nine, the whole yeah, nine, everything, yeah. Yeah. they are not working either. So now it's like, it's not just like the the celebrities that people are thinking about being like, oh yeah, they're not going on tour this week or whatever, or this year, and they're not making any of that tour money. Oh, poor musicians. But it's like, well, so what about everybody else? It's a whole industry.
2: Dude, that's the whole gig about the biz right now, which is really interesting because...
1: Yeah, I mean, how are you taking it? I mean, this is really affecting you too. Big time. Are you out of your mind? How big time? Yeah. I mean,
2: like, I mean it's like to the point of even like me trying to start doing my own thing where I'm like... I need to be playing those crappy shows on Monday so I can get my shit down. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. that kind of thing, you know? Yeah. And, um, no, on the, on the, on the whole, it, it's crazy. But, you know, it's interesting because, you I know, mean, I get on those dating sites and all that kind of goofiness <laughs> and whatnot. And it's like, you know, there's so many people who are like, you know, there's so many women who are like, you know, love live music. Love live music. And then it's like, you know, then you go on to, to Facebook and whatever other things and people like, mm. I miss live music. I miss live music, you know? And... It's the thing that's really interesting is um, I think, I think that, that, I mean, honestly, man, like this, this has been a very interesting social experiment in the sense of, Mm -hmm. hey, you can't hang out with nobody. Yeah. The more people that you hang out with, you might get it. You know what I'm saying? And it's so, it's like, you know, I remember like last year. I mean, we're already into February now, and we've got those vaccines around the corner coming to everybody. And um, the crazy part is just that is that like I remember like you know like last year in like September, October, November, you know, like talking to certain people who were like, <clears throat> you know, for the first time, like I this is the first time I've been out, and I'm like. What? Whoa. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, the first <laughs> time I've like, been yeah, when they said it was open in May, I was hanging out with homies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like that kind of stuff. Like, you know, it was, uh, so, there are so many different perspectives, like, or, or, or perceptions and perspectives of how people took this thing. Mm-hmm. And it's brought us into more of an individual. I mean, I, I was sitting in this place just playing guitar all day. When everybody was like, oh, I'm tripping out because I can't go, I'm like, this is, I love this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but that being said, the um you know the, the the fact that we aren't doing this right now, and the fact that there are more I mean I'm not even talking about I mean, dude like let's get one thing straight, like most of the people who are like the lighting guys and the sound guys and the girls too, sorry, them, the sound thems mm-hmm. um that whole thing, man, like you know, uh, they're players too. Right. you know what I'm trying to say? Like their artists, you know what I mean? Like they were, just, they were smarter and they, they actually got like paid regularly. Um, but right. the whole gig is just this is that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, man, it's it, it it's it's not just your. It's not just the singer; it's the bass player too. That's broke, <laughs> or literally you know, out of out of work. Um, yeah. So you know what I mean? Like that that whole thing is like it's been kind of a trip um, right now, especially with the. It's, it really comes down to disposable income,
0: mm-hmm.
2: you know what I mean. And that was what was so interesting about the summertime last year, before they opened everything up, and everybody's getting what like twelve hundred bucks a week or whatever it was, or six hundred a week. Or, yeah, the unemployment stuff. Yeah, or the, just the like not the unemployment, but like the oh the uh, yeah whatever security the the, the the pandemic thing exactly. Which hey guys, if you're listening, Congressman, pass that <laughs> stimulus. Ex, 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 thank you extension um but when were, people had the disposable income there i mean like you know people were buying things i mean I, I, the, the neighbor from my parents he is a car salesman oh. and uh, you know i was like oh how's business going right now
1: says, it's booming yeah that's what he said and yeah. i was like
2: oh yeah you know what it makes sense cuz all these people are sitting on fat like dude people are getting 2400 bucks a month plus unemployment hmm. for a couple months Right, crazy. Yeah, I was. Hey, there's a reason why I bought an upright bass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I call that bass Uncle Sam. Um, so, anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it, yeah, for us in this in this industry and um, and whatever level of it, whether it's the guy who's putting out the records or the guy who's promoting the records or like you know the management teams and all. The trickle-down theory is like, you know... And that's like, you know, that actually... You know, and you were talking about the service industry and all that kind of stuff. And that is kind of the interesting thing about the situation right now because normally when people are unemployed and broken, homeless and hungry, they tend to be people you're like, you know what I mean, like... You know, I'm not saying destitutes because that's being very harsh and strong. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to say it's like it tends to be people where you're like, oh, why do you have five kids? Or like there's always some, some sort of like crazy ass excuse that they right. can make for that person. But now all of a sudden it's like, oh, you mean the that, that's my favorite bartender. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you know, you know, that's like that's my favorite restaurant. That's my favorite. You know what I mean? Like it's mm-hmm. like all of a sudden it becomes something that's like it's not people who are. You know, mentally ill or making bad decisions or drug addicts or all this kind of stuff. It's like, you know, people that, you know, didn't decide that they wanted to go work at a corporate job or, you know what I'm saying? Or just needed these kind of set, like easy restaurant bar gigs or
1: whatever it be. Flexible hours, stuff like that. Yeah, go do our
2: art. Right. Because that's how it works. It's like, hey, you know, I I remember when I was a caterer, I used to tell my boss, and, and, you know, I was like, listen, anytime I got a gig, I ain't working. You know what I'm saying? And and the crazy part was like, you know, when I did work, I busted my ass to the point where they used to want me to, like, you know, it was a catering gig, so they would call you, like, you know, whoever's on the <laughs> hierarchy of the list, right? Right. And I would be on the top part of the list because people wanted to work with me and people wanted to have me in their team when we were going out there because, right. you know, when I'm there, I didn't fuck around. You know what I'm saying? And rightfully so because I wanted to be able to justify that, you know, they'd be like, hash like you know we got we have a bunch of parties on, on on friday can you do it i'm like nope got a gig in la sorry you know what i'm saying like that kind of thing and it was always a go 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 you know what i mean like how much money did you make nothing i ended up spending money because the two drink tickets and i like drinking so next thing you know i got you know my bill that night was 70 bucks and i thought you know what i mean so right. um yeah you know what i mean so it's like that mm-hmm. whole idea where it's like um the flexibility of the hours is you know, that's why people do those gigs. Unless yeah. you become like you know, unless you want to be a career bartender and a career host, which which is a completely different game. Like there are people who, yeah, yeah. Who, who do that well. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's kind of a fun gig. My my wife is talking about doing it again, and I'm just like, okay, if you want to. Yeah. I mean, like, because it's a social gig, gig too. You know, it's something that you can do, kind of like meet people, talk to people all night. And uh, you know, if you're if you're one of those jovial types, as opposed to the uh, curmudgeon types. You know, it's it's, it's you, nice well, to have a nice little bartender.
2: Yeah, and <laughs> you also get paid, too. Like, with the jovial ones, the ones who would, like, talk yeah. to you, like, you know, all of a sudden, you know, you start ha- tipping heavy, even though, you know. It's, right. Yeah, you know, you're just like,
1: oh, there's my home. Yeah, then. it'd be short money anyway. I mean, because, again, you know, most places aren't open or, you know, or are limited I'm not limited talking hours about now. We're not talking
2: about now. No. Like, when, when everything gets back to the, the, quote, unquote, new we're normal. We're talking about the good old times. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you know, man, I think <laughs> the good old times are about to happen because, you know, man, like, I'll tell you straight like, you know the, the the one meme that's been popping around and all that. You know, it's like you know, after the plague was the Renaissance. You know what I
1: mean? Like, mm. Okay, I can dig that. Dude, when you're this
2: low in existence, and you you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that, you know, it's gonna be insane. What is when it's open again?
0: Okay.
2: Do you know how many fucking people are gonna be playing? Like, you know, like how many people are gonna want to be playing shows? Oh yeah, I'm talking about people who are like. I picked up guitar <laughs> at COVID and I started to band- I wrote all these songs exactly. in my room. You know what I'm saying? It's like <laughs> I've always wanted to do this. And it's like, you know, and it'll be this thing where like for the next two, three years, you'll have a whole bunch of things where you're like, God damn it, getting paid nothing at this gig because I'm, you know, got people who don't give a shit about getting paid, they just wanna play. And um and then, you know, the reality will set in for some of those people where there'll be like mm-hmm. It's a pain in the ass. Like I hate loading up and getting there. <laughs> yeah, no, you, the,
1: you, that's that's how you weed them out. You know, you weed out the dogs from like the the like the yes the top grade meat stuff. You know, it's you, just like yes. these are the guys that really do it because they fucking put the time in. They suffered all those years of like, you know, shitty vans and like not getting paid, sleeping 100%. on floors. Well,
2: it was never about getting paid. I mean, like you know. In, at the end of the day still music is not about like money. I mean it's always been about
1: Yeah, but but it's it's being alive, like keeping yourself alive, going across the country and Oh god back. yeah, oh yeah yeah. It's yeah. like yeah, okay, we don't have Thank to. Thank you, money. MasterCard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you to everybody that, you know, lent a floor. Oh god. Thanks to here, people. Here, that, yo, 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 that part yeah. that cooked dinners, that offered washing machines. They
2: they yeah. and there are so many of you they's um, you know, that's the reason why I'm here. I mean yeah. that's the reason why you're even talking to me right now. Right. To be honest with you, straight up, it's it, it's only been, and to be honest with you, like, you know, as I always say, it's like, you know, I'm only as famous as who I'm talking to. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's like, oh, I'm playing on this band. They're like, oh, yeah, I'll check you guys out. Sure. You know what I mean? And then there are other people who are like, oh, I fucking love you. You know what I mean? That kind of whole nonsense, you know? Mm. And, um, and that's the whole gig. It's like, you know, it's only about you spreading this joy to people and when they reciprocate it's even cooler mm. because of that you know what i'm oh, trying yeah. to say like that's that's yeah them so two, it's two. the support it's, it's the
1: it's that you know showing let's just like oh you really care that i do this thank you yo, that's amazing
2: yo james listen here's the deal tonight we can either stay at this chick's house she got three cats
0: mm-hmm.
2: and she don't change the litter box or we can stay at this dude's house he's got two dogs and four cats He's
1: got a killer record collection. Ooh,
2: that is a tough call. Well, it depends on if you're trying to like you know hook up. With exactly, a woman. that's Once what I'm soon. saying. Like, <laughs> do I want
1: to just hang out? Like, is she worth it? Is that? And then you're like, oh, but more importantly, listen, we got to leave at
2: seven a.m. Got it? And it's three thirty right now. Keep that in mind. I'm gonna wake you up.
1: It doesn't matter. Either way, I'm staying up all night. I'm either looking at records or...
2: Oh, clearly you're not driving, <laughs> huh?
1: I guess I'm driving again.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, the, and that is a day in the life on the road. <clears throat> oh, God. Wow, that was a pretty good react- in, in, uh, re, uh Not reaction, uh, interaction. Yeah. 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 That's usually how it works, man. That I was mean, off book, folks. We didn't we didn't script that Uh well. This is the
2: first real hang that we've had.
1: Yeah. Um, hey, but, but yeah. we should get into this record only because oh, yeah, I know yeah. you're. I know you're short on time. Oh yeah, 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 but yeah, sure. The show. You know too. what? You know what? Hold
2: up. We can do an edit right here. Okay. All political talk done. Next,
1: the pop group and why. <laughs> All right. So I have invited you here to talk about the pop. Well, I to talk about a record that was influential to you, and you chose the pop group's Y. Yes. Which is the letter Y. Yes, the letter Y, yes. Yeah. Um, I had never heard it before you you suggested it, and so I have been listening to it, and it's fucking weird. It's a crazy record, and I'm surprised I've never heard of it before.
0: The,
1: so, yeah. Um, I love that band, and I, I
2: was so there was a time like you know there was in the early 90s there was this rec, this book that came out <clears throat> called i think it was like uh no alternative or something like that mm-hmm. and it was like you know a it was kind of like the rough tr- like the rough guides to to music and all that kind of stuff and the Trouser press and you know those books that rated records and then you mm-hmm. but this one was called like a, this it was by spin magazine and and um, it was like a hundred records or whatever that were like you know influential and, and this was like 93 and they talked about awesome records from the ni- uh, from the 80s and the late 70s and the 70s <clears throat> mm-hmm. um, definitely a hipsters guide to being hip
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, they'd have these little sidebars where um, they'd have artists from that era pick their top 10, you know what I mean or whatever it was. Oh. And the pop group com- came up in several different people's things, um why as well as the follow-up record which was for how much longer will we tolerate mass murder. Mm-hmm. Um which is a killer title for a record. <laughs> that came out on Rough Trade Records. And um what 1980 was that? 1980, yep. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and um and so, anyways, long story short is is I was a big like I've always been into punk funk. I mean, you know, for me, like the Chili Peppers were, you know, important to me. Um, mm. You know, my high school years were '88 to '92, and I was tell... oh, actually, it's funny because it were '91. I was just going through this like I was thinking about decades, and uh, I was telling a friend it's like it was 30 years ago this year in September, September 24th, 1991. That you know. Uh, nirvana's nevermind came out blood Sugar sex magic came out bad motor finger oh yeah uh, tribe called quest low-end theory came out you know what i mean like <laughs> and um and so anyways you know uh i've always been into like bass heavy music period because i'm a bass player you know what i mean and
1: um so were you a bass player before you started exploring music or did the music here's turn t- you on t- to bass well here's the thing i
2: mean no the thing was this is that, uh uh I had a childhood friend who had bought a guitar and me being the ever ambitious, I'm like, well, you know, guitar, well, most bands have a bass player. It's like, I'll get a bass and we can start a band. You know what I mean? He quit and I kept on doing it. Mm-hmm. So I've been a bass player since I...
1: Yeah. And it wasn't even by choice. It's kind of, you just kind of did it because you wanted to make a band. Kind of. Yeah.
2: You know what yeah. I'm saying? I wasn't thinking about like, you know what I mean? I, I, I think now, like, you know, had I put the attention that I do into the bass on a guitar... You know, I could probably be a better guitar player than I
1: am right yeah, now. you yeah. know what I mean. But so there was nothing that, like, there was no specific like song or band or album that you would heard. No, I just prior like, prior I, I, I like music,
2: up. man. I, I yeah. I'll still, you know, if you want to make a music a song right now, like I, uh, you know what I mean, like we could do it with our voices, <laughs> like whatever, yeah. clap our hands, like all that kind of stuff. Um. Uh. No, no. So for me, it was just I, I picked up the bass. So how old were, old were you when you
1: when you started playing the bass? Thirteen. Okay, and uh, so in '91 you were how old? Mm, Seventeen. Okay, I'm a, I'm a December baby, so. So you like you're into four years of like playing bass? No, I was sixteen, sixteen. Yeah. So three to four years yeah, of yeah. playing bass, and now you're hearing this like really. Amazing music that's kind of bass heavy. Yeah, well, I mean, I got it well for me it was like you know that and like the Chili Peppers. See, I said this, is, but like you know
2: Jane's Addiction, like you know me for right. them, like you know that the the Nothing Shocking record. Like one thing that's great about that band it was like it was very bass heavy, even though they had a lot of guitars. Mm. Yeah, you know, they had some really amazing. Ba- I mean, Eric Avery's amazing. um But you know, I listen to everything, so I mean, I'm a Led Zeppelin guy. To be honest with you, that's what got me into music, and that's the mm. like when I say get me into music, like maybe like, this is what I want to do, yeah, you know what I mean. No, um, I, was in, <laughs> I read Hammer of the Gods, and I was like, Yeah, oh, this is what I want to do, you know. Um, right. you know, I listen, to, I mean, I've been listening, I mean, my parents will tell you that you know, you used to dance to fly, robin, fly, you know what I mean, like all that kind of stuff, and um, so, anyways. I've, but I've always gravitated towards bass music. That's been kind of interesting, you know what I mean? Or like, mm. like bass heavy. Like that's why I love the whole post punk scene. You mm-hmm. know what I mean, to go back to the, even the pop group and what we're talking about right now. Right. And and many of those bands, whether it be Joy Division or or uh, you know The Fall, Gang of Four, Gang of Four, exactly. The Slits. I mean, PIL. Actually, to be honest with you, PIL Jaw Wobble is. I mean, I'm, I'm a. I love reggae, so you know what I mean. For me, mm.
1: um, the, the the first two PIL records are like bibles you know and i'm not a christian um but so okay so then what is it about the pop group because because uh, you chose this record specifically i have any on any of those other ones you've mentioned and the reason being is this is this record is is awesome because one
2: to me like this record is kind of like uh the blueprint of what i'm about
1: musically i i was gonna assume that yeah you know what I, I mean? it like, sounds it
2: yeah and and and, and that was a crazy part like having heard so much about them... Like, like a dear friend of mine who I haven't seen in many, many moons, Tony Vick. Um, older gentleman. Mm-hmm. Probably about... Maybe about... Maybe 10 years older than me. So he's probably in his mid-50s, late 50s now. And dare I say, if he's in his early 60s, Tony, love you to death. Love you to death. Because he was a dude who used to work at Lose Records in, in Encinitas. And he when i was doing the go 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 thing Mm -hmm. we were mining the whole punk funk thing too and not in a chili peppers way at all more like Mm -hmm. this you know the gang of four kind of thing where it was more like you know serious and not so much about like you know
0: yeah
1: it was surrealist
2: Uh, you know i I, yeah i'm not even gonna do the the the, the chili peppers on that because it's all revisionist bullshit but it's like at the end of the day they were just white boys doing p-funk you know what i mean? You know what I mean? Even to the goofiness of the sexism and all that kind of stuff too, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um but anyways, that being said, uh uh Tony Vick when I was like, yo, hey, and at this time, this is, we're talking about the mid nineties at this moment, um, like 95. it was hard to find some of these records. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And it was still like, you know, a record you have to go out and search for it, or you have to pay import prices and whatever. Mm. And um anyways he had one day when when my band was playing at the casbah which is like the big club in san diego or tiny club but it's like the punk rock club um he showed up before one of our gigs and me and mike the singer in the band our band he uh uh tony tony brought us a cd of of, a a burnt cd of the pop group's Y record and In hindsight, I think it was the reissue that may have come out in 96. Mm -hmm. uh, Only because at that time, instead of opening up with Thief of Fire, which is what the original album opens up with, which is what we'll talk about in a minute. um, It opens up with She's Beyond Good and Evil, which was actually the first single that they had put out. Earlier in the year. So I think I did a little bit of homework myself this last week. Just So apparently this okay. record came out on 420, 1979. Oh. But I guess earlier in the year, uh, they put out their first um, single, which was uh, She Is Beyond Good and Evil. So when mm-hmm. we had gotten this uh, CD, that came on first, which didn't really matter because that song's amazing. And, uh, and then the rest of the record just kicked in and, and, and it was everything that at least I was about. And, you know, Mike picked up on it too. But I'm a little bit more into the avant-garde. Um, like, I love avant-garde jazz and stuff like that. Like, you know, what I mean? mm-hmm. like you know, Mike, I think, appreciated it, but he was definitely more of a, you know, he was more Bowie than John Coltrane. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And so,
1: Well, you, you had to have your mix, obviously. I mean, like, so, so you're talking about the band uh, Go 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 Earhart. Yep, and uh, I listened to all of those albums actually, and I can see the influence pretty clearly. Right, we even you know? covered
2: one of their songs actually on on the Flame record, whatever I don't know what it's called, a self titled. Oh, third.
1: did you? I didn't. I didn't. It's called Trap. Okay. Yeah, it's on another. Ra- it's on a different record. Yeah. Okay. So I, I couldn't have made that reference, but no, I no. could see the the you know I wouldn't have even noticed that because I I could hear you know a lot of the similarity from the pop, pop group in what uh, Go 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 was doing. You know, That's kind sure.
2: of what we were. I was heavy about it, and 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 again, like you know, <clears throat> if we were to, like or like talking about the first song on the record. I mean, when this song opened, I mean, hmm. Thief of Fire. I mean, like that bass line and the guitar is like ching 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 ching
1: ching ching. ching you know no, what I mean? It's like so. Oh, I see. Okay, wait. So, um, so I didn't realize that it, that it had a separate like track listing from the original release. No, this the original release is Thief of Fire first. What do you What do you have first? I actually have been listening to it digitally from from uh, iTunes because mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't have any copy of it, and physical copy. So
2: yeah, yeah. Well, I, I I just go on Spotify, and for me,
1: yeah. So it starts with um, uh, She Is Beyond Good and Evil. Ah, uh, oh, dig. So okay, so
2: so I've been listening on on Spotify. They have um, the fortieth anniversary issue. I think it came on twenty nineteen. Okay.
1: Yep. From like if you records. if you
2: get if you get it on wax if you get it on wax it opens up with thief of fire okay um and it ends with what is it what's the song whatever the song is before we are time because we are time opens up the second side of the record
1: uh, don't sell your dreams no no no
2: that's the end of the record period I think the I think in, what's before we are time I think it's uh is it blood money yeah or? blood money yeah so uh, that ends the um. That that that's the flip. So it opens with the Fire and on one side and back oh, okay. in the day when you used to do records, you know what I mean, use a sequence for
1: records. Yeah. Um I still do. I still like records. Excuse me, excuse me. You put out records, so then you know exactly what I'm talking hundred well, percent. And record listeners, like in general, people that understand, okay, this is the flip side. This is the second Well no, no, side.
2: no but no, but that's the whole thing that dude, I mean, that's the thing that I'm like to be honest with you, that's the craziest part about putting things out at least when you're thinking about putting out records now and which mm-hmm. tr- even when we were sequencing we always sequenced from a thought process of a vine, like a
1: record right where it was like two sides we need this much time on this <laughs> side and we need this much time on or this just side. flow and flow yep. you know
2: what i mean because at the end of the day it's like that's why when you listen to like some of these cla- like the classic records that we mm-hmm. call classic records that are um obviously sequenced for i'm um, flipping it over to the b-side well guess what the bomb ass like jam opens up the B side and it ends with the somber tune, or vice versa. You know what I'm saying? Like, like right. it was sequenced that way. Whereas, you know, there was a time, you know, where you would sequence for a CD and right, it was straight through, straight through. Now, all of a sudden, right. it's like, okay, I'm gonna have a climb, you know, a peak, work towards a the peak, then it climbs down, then I like we end with the ba- however, you would sequence it, mm. but it became one long piece as opposed to. You know sides. So, anyways, that 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 that's the thing. It's like if you get it on on record, it's Steve of Fire that opens up, and then the B side would be.
1: Uh, I, I'd have to figure out about the reissue now too because I, I didn't I didn't realize. I'm assuming that the reissue, even on vinyl, like the latest one, like came out in like the '90s, didn't it? Uh, the no, '90s, 2013. Okay, that's but it's like a Japanese release. Um Oh right 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 right. That's the thing. Yeah
2: the, yeah. There was there, there was a Japanese bootleg release of their stuff, which I used yeah. to have. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, well, probably be good, worth some good money.
2: No, unfortunately, I'm talking about used to have, as in like on oh, a hard okay. drive that, you know, shaft yeah, the, yeah. the bed and I'm oh, like, okay. damn, it's gone. You know what I'm saying? Dude, the bootleg's amazing because it's all live stuff and it's like, it's from like the late 70s or, like, mm-hmm. while they were banned. band. You know what I mean? Because, you right. know, they got back together again, like, Recently. started touring again. Yeah. Uh, well, about 10, 12 years ago now.
1: Well, so it seems like that, that latest reissue, like that, I think it was the 40th anniversary on mm-hmm. mute. Yeah, yeah. Um, it seemed like they had some kind of deluxe box set. So you had Big like the, the original record and a full, full-length full live record. So I'm not sure if it was the bootleg or... No,
2: it has stuff that was on the bootlegs. Okay. Yeah, the bootleg stuff is like, you know, live show from Cologne and... Um, I can't remember where the other one is. not they won't put on. Okay, there's a couple of bootlegs that they had that, that were like... The ones that were like the Mona Mona bootleg and well I mean, maybe it was Helsinki hmm. I can't remember but regardless okay. there, there was yeah and in and, 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 and that live thing I think may have songs from some of those uh, bootlegs
1: yeah cool man uh, well let's get into the record let's get into the first song uh, so I'm going to do the 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 new issue I'm going to start with uh, yeah, yeah,
2: sure, yeah, by all I'm
1: going to start with she is beyond good and evil
2: So that that's actually about Margaret Thatcher is and, it yeah she's beyond good and evil uh, which was their first thing like I said there was that was their first single okay <clears throat> which came out predecessed us by a few months Um yeah dude the, the reason these guys are awesome is just because they're political man like yeah the, the first also this record why was out on Radar Records um, the next record Uh, the last one at that time uh, was out on Rough Trade and the single that they put out before they put that out was a song called We Are All Prostitutes Mm -hmm. and you have to hear that. On a side note, that song that we just heard, um, St. Vincent did a cover of that Oh, yeah. On, okay. like, Conan or some, like, you know, yeah, one yeah. of those TV shows. And, and, and my friend Toko, she actually plays keyboards or her so, from Enon, so that oh, was kind nice. of tight. Cool.
1: Yeah, totally. um, so that's funny. I didn't realize that it, that it was about uh, Margaret Thatcher. I know that they're a political band, and so I've been kind of, like, really focusing on the, wir- on the lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I've also, I, I also, lately I've been trying to also research kind of, like, every song, if I don't get enough, about the album itself. And see what I can find. Uh, The only thing I found was that uh, a quote, I guess, from uh, Mark Stewart uh, said in discussing the song, Stewart described the lyrics as being about unconditional love as a revolutionary force where idealism and energy mix poetic, existential, and political yearnings with the romantic idea of passing through nihilism and emerging on the other side with something positive, something beyond.
2: That's uh, what you call a proper British education right there. That's that's that sounds like posh boy stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I
1: mean, I've watched some interviews with him recently too. Uh, he's awesome.
2: Yeah, he's a very intelligent dude. And uh, real talk is 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 the fact that these cats were like nineteen, twenty, twenty one when they put this out.
1: Right. Which is awesome. It's pretty amazing. It's considering. pretty mind.
2: I mean, obviously, it's it's a product of its time too. Right. You know what I mean? Like where they're coming from musically is like you know. know, obviously they're coming from like you know post bitches brew, Miles Davis. They're coming from like you know situation politics. They're coming from like funk. Clearly, that was huge. You know what I'm saying? Like these all these are all elements that, and they're from Bristol, England too. You know what I mean? Like Mm. these guys, like actually, you know, you know the forefathers of that whole you know. The Portishead and the trickies mm-hmm. and, and all the, the massive attacks and all that kind of stuff, like that. yeah, Nine Inch
1: Nails, even right? No, yeah. Nine Inch
2: Nails are American. I'm talking about all those bands that I just mentioned. No, no, no I'm saying as far as an influence, like these guys. Oh yeah, influence. Stuff. But I'm saying I'm talking about Portishead because Portishead's right out. It's like a, it's like Warwick to to Providence. Okay. When you're dealing with Bristol, yeah, and. Um, and then Massive Attack, you know what I mean? They're they're based out of Bristol, and Tricky's mm-hmm. out of Bristol, and right. you know all that kind of stuff. Like these guys have like an influence on the the scene there too. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Like, I'm sure. Like,
1: I mean, yeah. they've influenced now.
2: Oh, and then outside the world, well, outside of the world. Yeah, 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 the bands that they've done. I mean, yeah, that's a different story. But I was just saying in, in general on, okay. the, on on what they've just done for Bristol. I mean, like right. when you think about Massive Attack there's a thread that can like there's a connection probably I, mean, I i when i toured with thievery with massive attack we talked about because that you
1: know, i love this band <laughs> i was like yo what's up with Mark
2: doing there he's he's crazy mate
1: <laughs> yeah from the interviews i saw he's, he seems a little bit like he seems totally like cool guy and like you said like very well educated very well spoken but uh, he seems like he can be intense
2: you know uh I'm, Yo, exactly.
1: Yeah. And, and, and that's the tragedy.
2: It's like, unfortunately, there's not enough video from their proper era. Yeah. And when you do see the short segments of that stuff, right. you're like, God damn it. Can't you just give us a whole show? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, that mm-hmm.
1: kind of thing. You know? Right. So uh, let's see. The only question I had for you about this song, uh, based on the quote that I had read for you, was, uh, can you uh, recall a time where you personally witnessed love overcoming?
2: Love overcoming.
1: I guess overcoming hate, overcoming.
2: I mean, anything. I, I mean, uh, I mean that I, I, it's like all the time. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, I, it's, it's so hard to say because it's like that's the eternal battle, right? Love versus hate. It's like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, there are moments where I want to choke my mom to death. You know what I'm trying to say? And it's like, meanwhile, I love you, mom. You know what I'm saying? Like that mm-hmm. whole trip where it's like, um, it's everywhere, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know,
1: it's a matter of whether or not you want to acknowledge it.
2: Yeah, where you are at that moment in your existence. I mean, you know, when you walk outside right now and you're like, you get in your car and you start driving and you're like, um, in traffic, all of a sudden, Good you might gone. start say things <laughs> that you don't really wouldn't be saying, you know. In oh, things. I say horrible things. Huh?
1: Say oh, are you kidding me? Things. I hate. I say such horrible I, you things. You know, I
2: cannot wait till everything's automated. <laughs> I'm being serious. I cannot wait. Mm-hmm. There's so many shitty drivers they, the, the problem is this is that the state makes too much money off like not this state but like the overall state. They make money off automobiles mm-hmm. you know I mean like insurance gas tax you know I mean there's so much money involved like, mm-hmm. I mean tire, I mean we're over here tire taxes you know what I'm saying like
1: the dispose of tires you know Jesus yeah, there's a lot a lot going on there more and more so than what it looks like on its face, yeah you know what I mean so yeah. anyways that's why that's why I try to avoid the politics. I just only because like it's so maddening you know it's like yeah what else is I mean
2: honestly what else is there there's in
1: addition like in in, like in a little bit of relation to this kind of question about you know love overcoming it's just like I see no love in the politics like I can't I can't like relax when I start getting approached with those things and so I kind of like shut down a little bit and it's like I really yeah, but yeah, but we'll, when you
2: say the love over politics man how about the love of politics you know what I'm saying or mm-hmm. how about how about the politics of love
1: Well, that's, I mean that, that's, that's, the, that,
2: that's the reality of what we're talking about right yeah, yeah. I mean like the politics of love is what's the ugly part
0: mm-hmm.
2: but love overcoming all that kind of stuff is, is always like you know that's what you're trying to do right mm-hmm. you wronged me but I still love you you know what I mean like that's the whole you know thing and you know that's the love overcoming, right? Because mm. what, what if love isn't overcoming? Then what is? Either hate or <clears throat> I don't really give a fuck. Right? Mm. I mean, which is probably the mo- the worst. You know what I mean? As long as I mean, hate actually has an emotion at least. You know what I'm mm. saying? Like okay. like the I don't give a fuck means like honestly you don't give a fuck, and that's like detachment, which I guess was probably the most spiritually bliss aspect of existence.
1: Is it? Is it good?
2: I think so. Cause you, okay
1: because that's what I'm going for I'm just going for like yeah but know. then
2: love overcoming like then then you're getting emotional again right right, right. love and hate are emotions man like
1: so you have know. to be completely stoic no feeling I, to detach
2: a hundred percent I mean that's if you're going a hundred percent like you know on on the definition but right. I think I think really what it comes down to and I think what really we all are about when it comes to to emotions and whatnot hmm. is some form of I mean, it's, it's, it's all based in stoicism, if you want to use that terminology, but, um, you know, to what degree do you love and hate, and how long does it stay, you know what I mean? It's like, it, it, Mm. like, is it something like, you know, I hate you forever, you know what I mean? That's not good, Mm. you know what I mean? But if you can be like, yo, I temporarily hate your ass, you know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I overall love you, but you know what I mean? Like, that kind of thing, well, then, then that's a whole different story, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh... You because know, at the end of the day, like you know, I'm just a self-centered bastard. You know what I mean? I only give a shit about myself, and it's like you know, how, how does this like you know help me? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, if you want to talk about sociopathic you know tendencies? You know what yeah. I mean? But but guess what? We're all that way. Because even gotta, the yeah. person who's like, I'll feed you before I feed me. Until I'm really hungry, <laughs> that I can't feed you first because I need to eat first. Even though I'm just doing this for myself, because I, right. you know, I just got I got to live to give you. you know, then you're gonna get getting the justifications, yeah. right? Yeah,
1: like so it, could, it could goes back to the whole social media thing. It's like it's uh it's uh you know, uh, validation.
2: You yeah, know? yeah, but I mean, there's validation
1: with, dude. I mean, come on, you kidding me? Like the what we used to call it
2: before social media, God complex. Mm. <laughs> oh, that motherfucker thinks they're righteous. Oh, really? You know what I mean? I don't eat meat. Oh well,
1: fuck you. You know what I'm saying? Or I do this. You know what I mean? It's like right. yeah, you know. yeah. See, that's the thing. I just don't like people talking about it. It's just like I, I'm all about you doing whatever you want to do, however you want to live. You don't want to eat meat? Don't eat meat. That's right, great. Right, right. Fine by me.
2: Just don't so, don't shove it down like you know.
1: Yeah. Just don't come to me and be like, well, yeah. how can you eat that thing? How can you do that? How can you like you know? W- like don't tell me how to, that. Death?
2: Don't tell me how
1: to play with my toys. Right. Yeah, <laughs> man. I mean, that's I don't know. That's and I don't know. Is that is that ignorance to allow people to live? peacefully like in their own lives yo hey
2: man listen teach their own and again like you know the old statement is like ignorance
0: is bliss yeah right? you know what, what i'm know.
2: saying but it's like you know so give me some more ignorance mm. um I don't, I don't know it goes back to the allegory of the cave thing right like you can tell people yo man i went outside there's a the sun there's a the moon there's a the stuff you know what i mean like i'm going back in the cave let me tell you no it doesn't exist you don't know what you're talking about but no but i've actually been there no you don't know what you're talking you know what mm. I mean? like, that kind of
1: nonsense so mm. um i think there's a little bit of crazy out there
2: there's a lot bigger crazy i mean you're looking at them right now you know what i'm saying so but the point is this is that um when you say love overcome man it's like you know that it, it, if if there, if there's an emotion that i would like to, to to be a part of love more so than hate you know oh for sure so absolutely so that being said so you know anything you know if my you know if i if, if i can some somehow overcome You know my hatred for sardines and somehow love them. Well, maybe it'll be good for humanity. But until then, I hate them.
1: Yeah. Well, how do you how do you feel about theft? Um.
2: Depends on what you're stealing. How about fire? Ah, this is my jam, dude. This is my jam. All right. Let me play it. This is like. This is the ultimate punk funk song. The guitars, these guitars. So that's how it opened the record would open with that.
1: The original release. (laughs) And then it'd go into this.
2: Right? the Fire is knowledge, right? And oh man, boom ba-doo-doo. Like, yo, yo, and the baseline. Yo, man, this this jam is nasty. If you listen to the reissue version, they've got like a demo take of that and it's just rawer. So so they record okay, so it opens with that like rawr, you know that that noise that we heard before mm-hmm. it goes into the thing. Now think about hearing that on a wax like She's Beyond Good and Evil like yeah. that's the problem that I have with the reissue and how they pumped that in the front was mm-hmm. because um,
1: it kind of diminished the intensity of the original of, of how
2: it was really presented you know what I'm saying like, exactly right. you know what I mean and especially like that's the thing about these cats it's like the avant-garde aspect you know we were, moments ago I was talking about Miles Davis but these guys were also into free jazz and all that kind of stuff and again this record came out in 1979 <clears throat> you know the music that was popular and in you know popular i'm not I'm, I'm even talking about avant-garde jazz where there's like 10 guys at the show you know what i'm saying like right. that's still considered pop music right you know underground mm-hmm. is who knew what was underground back then because it was still underground and get up you know what yeah I'm saying? well
1: you know the and, punk was just breaking at that point i mean mm-hmm. and i don't know like they did get some exposure in in uh where is it Brighton, britain brighton Where are they oh uh, they're from bristol bristol yeah and um but they certainly had mentioned it how like you know the punk punks was were, were coming the whole thing uh, Sex Pistols uh, well Sex Pistols really, well that's 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 seventy six so right I mean that's why whenever they talk about post punk
2: it's like it's always you know post the days you know the, the the one year the the year in the life or the thirteen months mm-hmm. of the Sex Pistols and then you know what that created yeah which was post punk right you know what I mean like post them. And uh, these cats, you know, they, they, they started their stuff in, like, 78 or so. You know what I mean? Right. And they were kids, you know. Um, but right. they so, were, like, being influenced by what was happening in the time. I mean, you know, to think that, like, you know, even Captain Beefheart was kind of,
1: like... Relevant at that time. You know what I'm
2: saying? Like, yeah. doing shows. And and at, by, by 78, he had already gone through his, like, sellout period, the Mercury period that everybody mm-hmm. talks about, and was back to having, like that killer band that you know right uh, uh dock the radar station band you know what i mean with uh, eric drew feldman and stuff um you know what I mean. that was going on i mean these guys actually they when when perubu had toured england these guys had opened up for him hmm. and that was like 78 or so 78 79 yeah um and another side note is i get apparently and i, I don't know about you know the, i've read about this but the demos or at least the early stuff that the pop group were doing, and maybe even in, in some of Nessa on this record, um, Hugh Cornwall from Str- the, the uh, Stranglers oh, okay. had something to do with it too. Like he helped invest and like saw okay. things in these guys.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they kind of uh, caught on fast. Like as after after the initial uh, release of the first record, uh, from what I heard from, uh, from Mark Stewart, inter- Mark Stewart's interview, um, they kind of like blew up fast. Like they were all of a sudden on covers and. Uh, magazine covers and like doing press and playing shows like, you know, actual like proper shows as opposed to like the uh, brother's birthday party in a shed. Oh, right,
2: right, right, right. right, right. <laughs> yeah, I think I, you know, you know, it's interesting because um I have a buddy of mine who lives in England who's a lot, He's in his He's the main dude from the Wooden Tops and recently as of the COVID last year <clears throat> he was doing a thing with Dick O'Dell and Dick O'Dell is if you look at the back of this record it says Disco Dell. Mm-hmm. Um, he was kind of like you know the manager of the band oh okay and um,
1: I don't yeah. know I just it, it, Dick O'Dell Here's a quote. Uh, Amidst a blur of flailing limbs and insane energy, I detected a kernel of something special. Boom. I was entirely alone in this. The Stranglers audience greeted them with indifferent and outright hostility. There's there's
2: the Stranglers. Exactly. There you go. Perfect. That's okay. That that makes sense.
1: So this is Dick O'Dell, manager on seeing the pop group live for the first time.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. There you go. Perfect. Um, There you go right so who, there like so I I just I just think that they had you know the the one thing that like I, I tell people a lot about my 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 involvement with the Thievery Corporation thing that I do okay. is uh, you know those guys had Rob and Eric making music upstairs and in the basement they had a management team that was selling their stuff and that was the thing it's like you know these guys obviously had some sort of organization mm-hmm. you know outside of like they, right. it wasn't as Ian MacKay as everybody thought it was you know what I mean yeah, like DIY yeah. you know what I'm saying right
1: well with just how weird the music is you kind of just imagine it's just these freaks that are just making this stuff and like they just got of put kids, out something. I mean, they, but honestly they're kids. like they're kids
2: they're right. like like 20, 21, 22 like they're not or like 19, 20, 20
1: they're not old they, they had to have a team behind them because like how else are kids Going to be able to record this record first and foremost right? Right. yeah uh, get the production well but the thing is but but,
2: but but again let's get like one thing i mean and, and, and mind you there were probably a lot of you know wannabe svengali types that wanted to be malcolm mclaren or bernie right yeah you know what i mean oh, from for sure from the, the clash and all that stuff and um and so anyways that being said uh the game was kind of already kind of set up Mm-hmm. you know what I mean like I mean I'm a huge fall fan and it's like you know you ask yourself like how did these guys happen you know what I'm saying and it's like there was a movement that was happening when you're part of a movement in a time <laughs> we'll get to we are time um but the thing is that is that you know what I mean they just happen tap time place places everything 100% you know what I mean like you know when I think about the whole Seattle thing you know what I mean when I was a kid it's like you know I have a friend of mine she was like part of like she knows all those people and was living in Seattle at that time and mm-hmm you know when the magic is happening but meanwhile she was friends with Susan Silver you know what i mean and, and Susan Silver was the management team and and um mm-hmm. or part of the managing thing where Soundgarden got to do their thing and Alice in Chains got to do their thing because they had somebody who was managing the organization mm-hmm. on a business level doing the deals to get these guys to the gigs you know
1: all right i was going to ask you another a question but um because you said that um i'm kind of curious uh so do you think that like, is it always, like, is it universal that the only way a band will ever succeed is to have, like, proper presentation? Or can an independent band actually succeed independently?
2: Here's what it comes down to. Who's dealing with the business?
1: Because there's always a business end, so who's doing no, no, the business? No, 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 who's doing the business? I mean, like, yo, so I, I will always say this,
2: you know, Ian Mackay ruined my life. Mm-hmm. Because the whole idea behind the DIY thing and all that kind of stuff. I mean, dude, I was blessed. Go, go, go. Got to play with Fugazi several times. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. um, their friends, they're certain like, their acquaintances. You know what I mean? Like, they're, And um, Ian's astute. You know what I mean? Like, Ian's got people booking stuff too. But, you know, he's also dealing with the business too. And um, then you have other bands. You know what I mean? Like, the Thievery guys had managers like not they they made the final decisions but they had guys who were dealing with their business as i said moments ago i mean you know they had a the brownstones in dc and you know on the second floor they were making music and in Mm -hmm. the basement there was you know they had at the height of their operation with me you know there was like six people that were working downstairs like i think one of them was an intern but otherwise it was like yeah you know Mm -hmm. i mean somebody's like let's get one thing straight you know If you're gonna charge at the door, or you're gonna charge the thing, you know what I mean. Like, where's the money going? Mm -hmm.
1: Well, okay, maybe maybe the better question. I I, like that that question is completely valid, and I certainly am and genuinely interested in it. But uh, the other thing is like you know, business like music business wise, is it is it impossible for a band to succeed without like like advertising? like without like a like a pr thing like because like the whole
2: PR yeah thing. yeah i mean I, yeah i mean yes are you kidding me that i feel like in some ways like you know the jam band scene is is, is all about that mm. the jam band scene it's like you know i'm loosely peripheral like associated with that thing and
1: mm. you know yeah they
2: have they, they have, there's a there's a you know magazines that or online presences now that you know deal with that scene but it's like it's just that scene you know what i'm saying and mm. and, and uh yeah, I mean, yeah, I, you know, I'm a deadhead and, and talk about a cult band that just has a following, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? Those right. things still do exist to a certain level. And, you know, within our current context of, of so, you know, of being able to get access right. to things out there, um, I think it exists. But what I'm talking about more so is like, because what you're talking like my whole gig is, is what's
1: success? Okay, well, maybe it's perception that's i think that's the key keyword because the perception is that like not not perception of success but a perception of like this is something you need to know about you know it's just like that that influencing through 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 public relations i guess where like uh like who said it someone someone was talking to me recently about like you know oh, I had heard about this band and then I saw that they were on that label and it's like, well, that label's cool. The association of being on that label Yeah, but that's how it's always worked, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah, but that's the whole thing. That's how it's always worked because, you know, even when I was, you know, looking up stuff on these guys again, it was like, you know, when these records, this record came out, like, you know, at its time, during its time, it didn't get fucking, you know, five stars in the front, you know what I mean? Like it was, people still gave it shit. It was mixed
1: reviews, for sure. You know what I'm saying? Like,
2: yeah. you know, what what made it a classic is is time, right? You know what, mm. what I'm saying? Like, you know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but I remember like, you know, reading this, you know, quote where he's like, you know, things that tend to be like, you know, 60% familiar and 40% unfamiliar tend to, to, to be... Popular at the moment, but things that are like you know, 40% familiar and 60% unfamiliar tend to stick around forever, you know what I'm saying? Like that kind of thing, mm-hmm. and that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> you know, to go back to the whole grunge era and all that kind of stuff, like you know, I remember when I was a kid and uh, like living through that, and you know, like a band like Stone Temple Pilots, where you're like, man, fuck those guys, they're just posers, listen, this is a sound. But like you know, in hindsight, I remember like in the early aughts when I didn't give a shit about any of that crap anymore. I was like, you know, I was working catering, and you know, had the radio on, and you know, Stone Temple Pilots song came on. I'm like, it was a lot catchier than a lot fucking, you know what I mean? A lot of Pearl Jam tunes, you know what I'm saying? It's, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. But you know, it, it's just about perception and time and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff.
1: So okay, Anyways. So I'm gonna save this other question for for the next song, um, even though it pertains to. Uh... Uh, Thief of Fire I want to move on to the next one uh, Snow Girl yeah this is killer Ugh. I'll tell you this album has fucking freaked me out and I'll, I'll explain it to you later <laughs>
2: Bit more oh, because okay. it like we are in there yet. Yeah.
0: you so cannot lie. the wind tells you you're not alone.
2: Vibes of the kick in really quick. Ready? So we came with that proto from talks so nazzles living thing. Ready? Yeah, like guitar on the side right there, like. So just yeah okay wild wild it's just agit funk man like agitated funk, and again yeah. you know at this time man like yo it's like I don't know if you're familiar with Ornette Coleman's prime time period but that is God some like name. that, that pr- the prime time album that came out like what Ornette was doing in the mid seventies was this kind of proto avant garde jazz funk and the melodics and all that kind of stuff and and these kids were obviously hip into it because even I don't, do not you know who James Chance and the Contortions are? Mm-hmm. same vibe so right. James Chance happened to be in New York when all that stuff that Ornette was doing with Primetime was there hence the reason why Bernard Nix who does play with Primetime ends up playing in the Contort, uh, James Chance and the, the Blacks or whatever like the 1980 bands mm-hmm. but anyways that kind of what we just heard which was that you know funk with noise avant-garde noise i mean that piano stuff could be like you know cecil taylor or it could just be like you know a whole yeah. bunch of other out there jazz free jazz guys that were coming up you know that were like to think that the free jazz movement in the 70s was kind of pumping and thumping hmm. it's pretty amazing and you can yeah. hear it in this guy's stuff
1: crazy yeah it's a it's a pretty wild song overall i mean like I, I had, I've been having a hard time with it only because, like, so the first few times I listened to it, I'm, I'm, like, you know, putting it into the context of, like, okay, so what do I know about Dash? Like, okay, I know the Thievery Corporation. I know Go, Go, Go. Um, and I'm, like, okay, so what's the relation here? And then I'm, like, trying to listen to the words, and the words are so out there. Mm-hmm. that It's just, like, I can't even grasp anything. I'm just, like, I really got to sit down with these words because I know there's something here, but I can't hear it. Right. Because there's some of this weird, like, the lyrics aren't coming up now but um there's some really weird like way he puts some words together and weird descriptions like what was it like blue glass like screams like i mean it, the, he's definitely
2: like you know literate yeah like you know yeah. what i mean like he's de- like, I, like i said earlier i mean like you know these are these are the art kids the slash like the right. english kid like what are you gonna major in in college <laughs> english what are you gonna do with that you know what I mean I'm gonna teach you know what I mean like that kind of thing like these guys are are, are definitely like you know Nick Cave's a huge fan of these guys you know what I mean Mm -hmm. these these guys are like you know when you hear their lyrics it's like they can be flowery or they can be straight up like
1: you know yeah yeah I I think it sums it up actually like typically the lyrics it seems from this album at least they sum it up like at the end right like they'll give one beautiful line or two lines at the end that just narrowly sum up the whole thing you know. Um, so I'm just gonna get into this, uh, I wanted to mention this with the uh, Thief of Fire, but uh, so here's a quote. Ridge Farm, first day first recording day, first song, Gareth Sager said, Listen to this. Played on dance Set, record player James Brown Soul Power, super bad. I started dancing. Gareth said, Now you're ready. Then we then we did Thief of Fire. John Waddington on guitar. Hell yeah. So that's
2: that's awesome wow i yeah and that makes complete sense because as i said thief of fire man the guitar is like that chinka chinka like right and when you're saying like if that was because it was listening super bad i mean you know i remember like i don't know if you, i mean have you heard the 10-minute version of that
1: um i probably have but i don't know if I've you know what I'm it's like but it's
2: like the whole side of the record you know what i'm saying it's like chink yeah. chink 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 mm-hmm. like you know what's crazy is uh i can't remember who it was it must have been fred wesley But um, just reading an interview with him when he was like, you know, uh, auditioning guitar players. Mm -hmm. And the whole thing was like, you know, the whole funk chord, right? Like the chink, 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 chink. It's like, okay, can you do that for 15 minutes? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, that's what you're going to be doing. You're just going to be going chink, 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 you know what I mean? So anyways, uh, yeah, man. That, and that song super bad are you kidding me like oh, yeah. the double guitars in that is nasty because one guy's just doing percussion and the other guy's you know it's just
1: weird I guess. and and,
2: and you know, the thing is you know so both of those guys I mean that's the one thing I don't I mean like I mean the conclusion aspect I guess but
1: hmm.
2: like this band was only around for a couple of years like several years and then you know when they split up it was like you know everybody went to like other projects that were you know and panic was what Garth Sager did with Nana cherry Mm-hmm. They were actually on the uh, the young ones, which is cool, and um, and then John Waddington went into uh, and Dan Katzis, the bass player, they came on the second record. Um, they did uh, Maximum Joy, and actually the bass player on this one, Simon Underwood, did Pig Bag. I don't know if you ever checked those guys. No, like, Pig Bag, sick. They were doing a lot more funkier. They're dope. Check them out.
1: Hmm. Okay, so you've gone deep into the whole cata- catalog of uh, yeah,
2: these guys. Yo, man, this is like I said, and 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 also like you know, Y Records was a was a thing that Dick O'Dell was doing, and um, it's just cool because it was it was like bass groove oriented kind of stuff. You know what I mean? It wasn't mm-hmm. super, you know, it wasn't guitar straight up like punk. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? It wasn't stuff. like you know, it wasn't like rock and roll. You know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. guys who were listening to funk and. Reggae and I mean the guy who produced this record is Dennis Bavel and you know he he had a band called Matumbi but he was doing like you know British reggae right I think he's from the Barbados so I don't know if you, I, I know he's not from Jamaica he's from one of the islands but hmm. um, you know he was he was a big deal with this record I mean, he used to work with Linton Kwesi Johnson I don't know if you know who that is no LKJ he was a British check him out okay all part of the same era yeah. and um and having him produce this record was dope because. If you do listen to, for how much longer you tolerate, you know, Mass Murder, the second record, um, the production is much more raw hmm. You
1: know what I mean. Whereas, I started listening to it a little bit, but I didn't really get into it too far and like you know too in depth.
2: Yeah, but I'm just like when you hear listen when you listen to this record, and you're hearing all those like we're on to what, like you know, what I mean hearing all these kind of like cra- you know, like or like you know Wah! like that kind of stuff. Like it's. um they did a really great job yeah. the production for
1: this record is ridiculous right yeah exactly that's what I wanna that's what I, I'll listen to the the second record a little bit more you know in depth when I have a little bit more time. Yeah, yeah
2: yeah yeah But no, I mean this is just you just you just you know cracked open the egg
1: yeah man yeah I mean I'll I'll, I'll dig I'll dig later <laughs>
2: yeah
1: <laughs> alright we're gonna move on to uh, Blood Money
2: oh this is great this song is great man and it right. ends the record too and it's like the side right? the yeah record. it ends the side yeah. See this is you can see this is like definitely avant-garde. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. this is definitely coming from like John Cage and whatever kind of nonsense that was either. Influ- I mean, like I always say, Yoko and all man, like Yoko straight up man. Like Yoko is so much more influential when it comes to punk than
1: John. Oh yeah.
0: Cool.
2: So the drummer in this band, Bruce Smith, ended up. Uh, see, wait, hold up even when it makes no sense and order is an order see like political lyrics you know what I'm saying yeah and right now it's like a, this is a slow builder but it gets all the groove kicks in too and it's just like super dope mm-hmm. look like at the bass that, wait, that drops in and Garth Sager played sax so that's where you get all the but that right there that, that noise up on top man that's And this is a lot of stuff that's coming from the avant-garde scene mm-hmm. that's happening and you know all over mm-hmm. I mean mm-hmm. anybody who's in piano around you said are just hit to that too as opposed to just being like we listen to the Beatles right you know what I mean so the best does. part is that you, get, you get towards the later and the middle part of the song because that's when it gets when it kicks in and it gets just like super dope you know what I mean
1: This is already close to the end, there's like thirty seconds left. Yeah, yeah, let it play. Yeah
2: yeah. Actually let it play because this is how it ends. Perfect.
1: Alright. So yeah, Blood Money See so, this is an example of like where this record was kinda of, like, you know, blowing my mind a little bit because I was just like, what's happening here? Like what's going on exactly? You know like there's so much stuff going on, and like, and listening to it digitally, unfortunately.
2: Well, no, no. Every
1: th- track goes into each track, you know? So it's like. No, but no,
2: no, no. No, because this is how, I mean, obviously, oh, yeah, it was it. Like, because this is how the record, this, the B side would open up with this. With this. this is and me. this is just. This is weird. Incredible. incredible. This is the incredible song. And listen how his vocals
1: are all distorted. It's like, mm. Yeah, as well. He does do some weird vocal manipulation stuff on the oh record. Oh, God, big
2: time, yeah.
1: yeah. But not all the time. So, this is just like one moment where. Exactly, like exactly, that, right? exactly, yeah.
2: I mean, good this one, this song, too, because this is the really epic. This song. This is like a super dubbed out jam, you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. But it has like that. It has that, that hinge, that little tinge of like punk. And proto-punk and stuff oh God, like that. Oh God, big time, big time. You, know?
2: you kidding me? It's it's it is all about it. I mean, right. it
1: is. It's like right up there with PIL. Oh, big
2: time, exactly. Yeah. and it's and and that's the whole thing. It's like, um, you know, obviously it was in the air. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, you know, oh yeah, for sure. Um, I just watched like the, you know the Trojan Records documentary thing, and it's just like to think about you know that heyday. Mm. You know, was the early seventies when the whole skinhead movement not the racist one, but the, the British skinhead movement. Mm-hmm. Cause like Trojan, I think was around from like 69 to 73 or something like that. You know what oh, I mean? Okay. Yeah. And that was a British label. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they were taking all those imports. But so if you think about like that culture permeating into the scene and then, you know, the whole Don Lutz thing and the clash and, Right, And yeah. actually, you know it to be on the real up and up, too, is that was the thing about Bristol, man. Bristol was multicultural, you know what I'm saying? There was a lot of black people that were living in Bristol.
1: Yeah. So. I, I, I didn't know that, but, I, I mean, it had to have been so, like, I, I kind of considered, like, a, like I thought that it might because, like, reading the article about them and, like, them discussing kind of, like, how they would, like, be crate diggers as kids. Right. You know, and just, like, looking for records, and they were, like, you know, scoping out James Brown and Parliament and stuff like that. And it's like, well, that's got to have, like some cultural element to it because I mean like why else who else, yeah, why, who why, else why. will listen to that stuff you know I mean like right, it's right, right. Yeah, I mean and it's great music absolutely fucking fantastic music but I mean it's just like
2: of oh, its time exactly you yeah. know what I'm saying it's like you know I always say you know who's the OG wigger you know what I mean <laughs> I don't know. It's a toss-up between Mick Jagger and Paul McCartney, right? Ooh, yeah. <laughs> or, or maybe Elvis. <laughs> oh, you, did you meet Paul McCartney? No, I did not. No, 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 no. You did a gig with him, though, didn't no, you? No, that was just Rob and Eric doing an opening. Oh, they okay. just DJed for that thing. No, no, no. All right. Anyway, let's get back to the interview.
1: Horrible idea. Um, so we were doing uh, We Are Time. Yes. So the only thing about the song that I have to ask about you is actually an exist- existential question. Mm-hmm. Um. What is your concept of time?
2: I love it, man. Oh, of time? Yeah. Uh, Well, the best part is when you say we are time. Yes. Or at least when I've always captured from this and it probably has nothing to do with what he said. And it's just my interpretation of we are time is is just that, is that we are time. Meaning uh, our perception of existence and our perception within existence is all about our existence because the minute you're dead doesn't really matter and Mm -hmm. the minute that you can actually think abstractly Mm -hmm. you know when you kind of quite quite you know quote-unquote wake up you know what i'm saying i'm not talking woke (laughs) i'm talking about like you know when you wake up like you know when you get to a consciousness yeah when you just get to that certain moment of existence where you start like you know interpreting your position
1: within your mortality
2: no, I'm not, the like mortality is not no because nobody because at the end of the day the mortality is you know
1: like how long do you have like that's not a question no
2: because at the end of the day you never know I mean that if you sit around thinking like that you're gonna be fucked right <laughs> like yeah, the reality yeah. is this is like you know I could have a heart attack right now you know what I'm saying like I mean right I can't predict that so mm-hmm. that's not the thing it, it's it's more about I mean dude I have hopes desires and dreams that I still haven't fulfilled yet you know what guess what? They may not happen in this lifetime because some of them are not attainable or some of them are just not, you know, some of them are delusional or some of them could actually happen, but I need to actually make some action to make those things happen. But the point I'm making is it's like those things are the things that kind of push you Mm -hmm. to perceiving how you perceive time. Man, why is everything so shitty right now? You know what I'm saying? Like, is it because of, you know...
1: It's all, all right. about timing, yeah. You know? How about this? How about the actual passing of time? Like, seconds. What
2: that's about that thing? Yeah.
1: Like, yeah. uh okay, so so have you ever thought, like, you're listening to a record, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I love this song. It's like, how long is this song? Oh, is oh, oh oh,
2: song? oh, 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 See, but that's different. So no, 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 I'm that's oh, perception, right, right. because right. at the end of the day, I always tell people, like, when's that 20-minute jam sound like five minutes, and when does that two-minute jam sound like 20 minutes? Right, you but know? isn't
1: it strange that, like, when you're listening to music... You can be enjoying it thoroughly, but with every passing of a second, that music is also passing, you know? And it's like the only way to enjoy the music is to actually acknowledge that time is passing.
2: Yeah. So there was a moment where I was into exercising Mm -hmm. and I don't know if you're into that high intensity interval training thing where it's like, you know, 25 seconds on, 15 seconds off, 25 seconds on, 15 seconds. Dude. Hmm. There's a moment where you're like, "Damn, 25 seconds feels like fucking forever." You know what I'm all trying right. to say? And 15 seconds, you're like, "Dude, that's not enough." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that kind of thing. And and the same thing when it comes to to aspects of existence where you can lose your right the the uh, whatever the the saying uh, lose yourself in time. Mm-hmm. Right? You know what I mean? That isn't that the best part, right? When all of a sudden damn, it's over? You know what I mean? But meanwhile, I was like, yo, that shit was two hours or that shit was 30 seconds of something intense where it was like, oh, well. And and, and when you have that kind of a moment, um, those are special moments. The really dull and hard part of existence happens to be when you're, um, damn, when is this shit gonna end? You know what I'm trying to say? Like, you know what I mean? The like, opposite, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, that's what most of life is, right? Mm-hmm. Hence the reason why we love getting caught up in some sort of an art or something that transcendent, you know, uh type of thing where it takes you out of your ass. You know, why do people like working out or running or running, that kind of stuff? I mean, they're like the people who are into it, not the people who are like, I need to be unfit. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. people who are like, because like they just get lost in it. You know what I mean? And yeah. It's the same thing as, like, you know, right. when we play music, right? What's the best part about playing music? It's being lost in music. I mean, isn't there a song by, like, what is it, Sister Sledge called that? You know what I'm saying? That the fall covered. Um, but the thing is, uh, 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 that's the whole thing. That's why people love, you know, movies or plays. It's like, it's that moment where you're not thinking about like, yo, I gotta get up at fucking whatever time to go do something I don't wanna fucking do that all of a sudden it's like, mm. yo, is this shit over yet? You know what I'm saying? Like, And so when you ask about We Are Time, we got caught up within being lost in time, but as in the way that I interpret this tune, it's more about um, your moment on this place and on this earth is your perception of time and within your how long you've been here you know i always tell people it's like you know for me it's like i can't remember what i did last week because it probably had to do with picking up the guitar picking up the bass listening to me like like i'm doing the same shit you know what i mean but when you're like 11 or like 8 when you're like yo that's green that's lime green that's dark you know what i mean like Now I'm just like, yo, it's fucking green. Let's move on. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, it's so, we get caught up in patterns. Mm -hmm. And so when you're looking at that, when you're looking at time within that uh, aspect of things, it's different. Hmm. I do look, you know, I I look at life a lot different than I did 25 years ago. Right. You know what I mean?
1: Cool. Uh, Let's move on
2: to Savage Sea. Yeah. This is killer. This whole second side is so, like, this, this album is so dope. I know, that's why you chose it. Yeah, man, it's just... But I've been listening, like I said, I've been listening to it again. It's been a while.
0: Hmm.
1: This reminds me of something.
2: Saté. Saté. on track. I mean like I was gonna like think about like Philip Glass or like you know what I mean I'm not saying that it's you know that stuff right. that he does but that stuff was prevalent in the avant scene at that time you know what I'm mm-hmm. trying to say like th- how many other artists were like Philip Glass had just happened to be the guy who got big right hold up hold up these intros are just intros man these <laughs> these are compositions man I know. And I know you gotta like scroll through cause it's like it gets like this part you're it like moves. ah whatever this is like you know whatever but it's like you know it gets intense
1: it's a movement yeah, yeah.
2: and it gets intense like you know when you get deeper into it it's like let me, oh, let me scrub so still in this kind of avant-garde
1: like yeah but now it's like you know intense it's dramatic Yeah,
2: exactly. But all that kind of stuff is like you know when you think about those minimalist composers that we're doing. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. Violin, stuff.
2: And so much of this has to do again. I say like these guys were into like free jazz, man. Mm. Yeah, like you got like I was saying Cecil Taylor, Coltrane, Coleman. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Exactly. See it moves. Yep. How, how, how many seconds is in is this into it, dude? There's 20 seconds left. That's the amazing.
1: <laughs> we had to get through like two minutes, like two minutes and 30 seconds. Yo,
2: that's like in a silent way, right? Mm-hmm. The whole like you hear all that mellow shit. and then I, there's that moment where it goes goon goon mm-hmm. You know the bass part. Yeah. You, know, you know what I'm talking about? No. Miles no in no, a no. silent way. No, no. Oh man, yo, this is it. After that. Or disobey me. it's that bass line? the guitar. black
0: and Hold up, hold
2: up. the break is sick. Words make the air guitars. Hmm.
1: Well, wow. a, <laughs> a sound. Hold
0: up, hold up. We don't need Here we go.
2: This don't call me pain. Works because to are pain. Alright. Scrub this.
1: How much is left? Got like 40 seconds left. Is it the last 5 seconds?
2: No, I'm just saying, like, all of (laughs) this. I'm just. It's hard because when you just listen to it in, in it's c- continuity, it's, yeah. it's like these are just like these like funky avant-garde moments. Because the next tune is what? What's the next? Don't Call Me uh, Pain. Oh, Don't Call Me Pain, which is perfect. So you're coming out of this. So let us segue. Just so that if you listen to this on a, on a real level, like, hold on a second. You'll, the transitions is what makes it even more dynamic because you hear this avant-garde craziness and then you go into... Something that has like super funk groove. Like, right. Don't Call Me Pain it takes a second before it gets there, but when the groove kicks in, it's so heavy. So, you just came out of what we just listened to, which was just like avant funk thing, and yeah. now it goes into this. Yep. Yeah. This is Don't Call Me Pain. Yeah, don't, this is. And it takes a second before this gets into its super duper groove. But, like, you're coming in out of that craziness, and now you're coming to this.
1: Dropped. Yeah, and this is like very gang of foury. You know what I'm saying? You know? Like the, the punk punk. Yeah. And this is
2: and and so you just came out of something that wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. Boom. And that this is that production guitars. Yeah. So anyways, yeah, yeah, just a little bit of push. But that's the thing. It's like this album works as an album, too.
1: It's not just like, you know. More so than anything, really. You know what it, I mean? Like you kind of need that, that whole context of like every song in which the is, sequence. Which is why whenever I tell people
2: about it, I like, yes, listen to Thief of Fire and We Are a Time first, then listen to the record. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if your ears are not accustomed to listen to dissonance, mm-hmm. you may be turned off. Quick. Yeah, yeah,
1: but it but it doesn't start off the way it starts off strong, and you know it's just like you were saying the whole sequence it kind of takes you down a path, takes you up and down. So that's kind of you just have to be a a record listener, not a single listener. You know, I think you just have to have a wider taste in what you
2: consider music.
1: You got to have you got to be willing to give it a chance, yeah, and then let it seep in, and then you're like, oh wow, okay. But you know, but this I
2: mean, dude, like there's a lot of people who who. You know, what I mean, if we, if I had out, if we were listening to Albert Isla right now, mm-hmm. we would probably be able to sit here and tolerate it and still have a conversation. Whereas I know there's certain people in existence who'd be like, "Can you turn this stuff off? This is just grating." You know what I'm saying, like that kind right. of stuff. And um, this kind of borders on it. Mm-hmm. Everything with this,
0: I wanna see, it, I wanna see. It. Like
2: his vocals are. High and squeaky and distorted, and the guitars can be that way. Like, you know, as you heard, some of the music is like blink, 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 blink. blink. Like, it's, it's very dissonant.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure.
2: You know what I mean? Stuff. So, right. it makes sense in a, in a flow.
1: All right. So, um, okay. So, now we're listening to Don't Call Me Pain currently. I had a question about words disobey me. Yeah, yeah, yeah by all means. Yeah. So, uh, Don't Call Me Pain. Uh, at what age did you hear this album? I was 22. Okay. So, you weren't young. You were, you know, I mean, that, that's still developing musically, but you're, you're an adult. I already, uh, no, I knew what I was
2: sure. into, and this just this just solidified oh, okay. that this, this was like, I mean, don't get me wrong, when I heard this, it was, there were a lot of people who, at least at my age, weren't hip to this, but were still mm-hmm. cutting themselves from that cloth, but I think everybody was on the Gang of Four stuff, because it was so, like, Infinite Zero at that time, I don't even remember that reissue cd label it was like rollins and rick rubin Mm -hmm. and they had like reissued a lot of super cool records yeah and um you know gang of Four's first two records maybe in the third one uh were all put out on that and so they had distribution so Mm
1: -hmm. they were easily accessible the
2: pop group record wasn't
1: yeah it was hard to find so um 22 uh did you ever go through a goth period? No. I, my problem is this is a, I,
2: no, I just, I'm not into like dressing up. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, And also I'm like, I mean, it, I don't know if you can already tell, like, I, I'm just who I am. Like, I'm, right. I kind of am real and that kind of shit's kind of like, yeah. You know, I mean, putting on makeup. I mean, like, I like taking my clothes off.
1: I don't want to put shit on, you know what I'm saying? Right. So. All right, so uh, about words disobey me, okay so um it's a it, that's a really great song. I really like it a lot. um I think that you know lyrically speaking, I feel like it was uh basically like toggling the line of like words fail me right mm-hmm. this his like kind of like dissatisfaction with his inability to speak or you know like you kind of always say the wrong thing and you 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 know you fuck up in one way or another like every time you talk like that's the way you feel, okay, you know. Um, So it's more of like An action speak louder than words but gotcha, That yeah. I get um, Do you want to tell me about the complication You had at that thievery corporation show Where you slapped an audience member Oh god yeah I was wasted <laughs> <laughs> Yeah I uh, uh, I was wasted I, uh, So what happened Like how exactly I have no idea. You don't even know how he ended up on stage I think I may have invited him. I
2: honestly, this is a question that you have to ask people who were <laughs> who were there. so who were sober and were there. And I've heard the stories from those sober people that were there because I'm a guy. You know, I can. I at that time, especially, I was definitely a blackout drunk. But I had drank a bottle of vodka before the gig. Mm-hmm. At that time, I was kind of I was on the model diet. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I, I honestly, I, 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 you know, no joke. Like people will tell you, it's like I don't remember a lot of things. Um especially when like hammer time like that, um however, that said, you have to ask other people yeah there's better there's people who have told me the story, like our old manager dave Geller he he he's the guy you want to talk to he, <laughs> not only is he a good storyteller, he was there, and um yeah, it's pretty like coming out of his mouth, it's funny, but
1: uh yeah, it was crazy and how how did they take it? Like, how did the band and the management take that? They hated it.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I, I almost, that, that was the first time I almost got fired.
1: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, thank you for sharing that. You know, I didn't, yeah. I didn't want to like, you know, say anything. Uh, no, much.
2: no. I mean, I honestly, I, you yeah, I'm a crazy motherfucker, especially when I have one too many of these. Yeah.
1: That's what I got. And that's kind of why I kind of, I saw that on the, on the news. And I was just like, hmm, I wonder what's yeah. going on here. Yeah. yeah. You, you seem like a, like no nonsense guy. like you're obviously like a, a lovely person and like super sweet oh you know? there's, there,
2: there's a devil that's really trapped in right a, i've tamped that fool down
1: but yeah but when that guy steps forward you're like okay it's just it's his turn yeah you don't yeah. back down from things
2: no 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 yeah 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 but honestly like you yeah, from from the story from people who tell us dude I, I literally i don't even remember the gig uh which is really a bad thing and then you know but uh uh yeah it's kind of funny like you know <laughs>
1: apparently I like
2: invited the dude on stage and uh, and then I was I
1: handed him the bass and yeah but uh. weird because I was I think yeah that's right that was the story so like I was wondering like was he in, like instigating you or something was he like kind of, like saying like you can't play or no it was probably just
2: me being wasted and just
1: trying to be a character oh okay <laughs> yeah alright well let's uh, move on to um, the boys from Brazil
2: Yes, which is
1: great, right? The Boys from Brazil, which is
2: like, you know, an allusion to the Nazis.
1: Well, see, that's the thing. It's like, okay, so I'm not necessarily a huge history buff. And then the way that he creates lyrics, right. the way that he puts them down, is fairly cryptic. I mean, you know, like... You know, you know, a lot of it's Logan Aaron.
2: And as I was saying earlier, it's like, you know, what was, what's the form of propaganda, right? When we were mm-hmm. talking politics earlier, and you were talking about tweets. yeah. Versus radio, versus back in the old days where it was like sloganeering. If you ever look at those old Russian, Soviet, early Soviet communist pop propaganda, here we go. Here we go. It's
0: at this point. All right,
1: we got to get into it. We got, we're running out of time. Oh, um, is there a time? Is, what is time? Oh, I, it's a it's a motherfucker. I'll tell you that. Yeah, it's, it's right, it right. controls everything. But um, that's if you hey hey man, what are you talking about? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you can, you can keep on explaining the song to me because I mean I was interesting in, uh interested in hearing your your you know your take on it and kind of what you know about it. But I,
2: I mean. Again, at this point, it's like I, I mean, what? what I, play it again. Keep on playing. What, what, where are we at? Again, this is like. This is right before it's over, right? No, this is still
1: fairly, fairly early. It's like a minute in. No, but what track is this? This is uh, a. Oh, the this is the Boys from Brazil. Oh, exactly. So keep it going. So, so yeah, no, this is here. like near the end of the album. Exactly. So this is the next to last song, right?
2: Great. Yep. So this is the what's so cool about this song. Are we close to the end? Yeah. So, okay. As you can see, it's, it, it's still more of that Avon funk. See, so it gets into the heavier bass. Yeah. So this is, a, this is like a
1: minute from the end.
2: Well, this is great. Perfect. So let's let it play in the back while we're talking, because okay. how it ends is great. Because then it goes into the last song on the record, which is for how much longer. But what's super cool is uh, how abruptly this ends, like the cut.
1: Yeah, you okay, that's the like, song. Yeah, that right. yeah, exactly,
2: you know what I'm saying? Like. Yeah. And then it goes into, for how much longer? Excuse you not from um, uh, Don't Sell Your Dreams, right? And it goes into, uh, you know, Don't Sell Your Dreams
1: mm-hmm. on somebody else's dreams, you know? Right. What I don't like about that goddamn production trick because there's, you know, a few records that have those types of things in it. The hard stops. Yeah, where, I mean, it's not even a hard stop, but it's just something that just fucks up your ears. Which Where is why like, it's
2: kind of rad, because yeah. when you listen to how much longer, uh, we're going back to how much longer, but the, uh, the last song, mm-hmm. um, that's why it's so great, because um, the contrast Don't, you, of don't Sell Your Dreams is, I mean, right there. Exactly. That was sick. It was sick. But then it goes into this, because this song is so dissonant and out there. Yeah. I mean, you can't like. This
1: is again but, like. But my know. heart just temporarily stopped. I know, you know, because it it's so like cool. it was like that song was intense. Why, There's that which build is, up
2: again, which is why talk about. That's why I love these guys because like you know they call themselves a pop group and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and some. This is so
1: dope. There was no. Yo yo, yo 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 yo! You know what's
2: crazy about this tune too? You know later in the song when when the bass kicks in it goes. Uh. And it does that moment where it kind of blows out your speaker. Yeah, like they take it super bassy. Like uh-huh. this song is awesome.
0: Mm.
2: Again, on just being an avant-garde kind of something that's like, you know, kind of got a low, like low-endy groove to it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it takes a while to get there,
1: right? But but it's yeah. there. You know what I'm saying? Right. This song. S- the song is uh, over six minutes long. Exactly, but it makes sense because when you, when, we, I
2: mean, we should just have this in the background while we're just talking because, okay, it, no, it's perfect. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because, because it's, it's airy so, enough. Air, and, and when it does kick in, I want to be like,
1: "Yo, did you hear that?" Yo, know, that's what we used to do. Yeah, gunshots—that
2: was so that that like. sick, right? You know <laughs> what I'm saying, dude? Like these guys are so. This song is so dope because don't sell your dreams, all right?
1: And just the way he's doing it like this, and he's like, <laughs> All right, I have to mention that the way that this is being presented right now is that I am not editing the song. We are listening to it in real time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because normally, lately, I've just been taking little snippets and just, okay, we're listening to 30 seconds and just oh, no, bringing dude, it in and out. This is way better. Like, like Hash is controlling the, the music right now, and he's the one dictating when do I pull it out and when do don't. I play it.
2: Please don't sell your dreams. I'm still dreaming, man. Don't kill me,
1: James. Don't kill me, James don't to, to, to harsh my mellow man
2: exactly harsh my mellow man yeah I, mean. yeah, I love it. the happy mondays could have been the other pick <laughs> yeah, <he's> like,
0: <laughs>
2: I need a loose fit mm. dude I mean this is dope here, right here. that right there if you listen to it on a good system yeah. Like, or if you had this crank you can hear all the low end. When that hits in, you're like, "Damn, they were fucking with systems. Like, yeah, you know, you're... you're, you're right. Systems, yeah. They're fucking with the way that you listen to your, your music. On the, on the record, because you've got to figure, it's like, you know... Again, you know, like that whole thing. It's like the whole thing, like, what, what, what? I always say what constitutes modern music, mm-hmm. and I think we were goofing around about it, because you brought your upright bass over here, mm-hmm. and... It's about bass and capturing low end. And what modern music is all about, even when it was modern back then, was capturing the bass. I mean, Paul McCartney was, like, plugging in direct. You know what I'm saying? James Jamerson got to fucking have his own cha- channel. You know what I'm saying? Like, like You know why they call it a ride cymbal? Is because you could hear that because you would never hear the thump, 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 the kick drum, unless you had a guy who knew how to kick the drum hard. Or a big ass. You know what I'm saying?
1: Like, because they are usually in sync with the bass,
2: too. But I'm talking about... No, but I'm even thinking about well, upright. Dude, think about those... Food, like, yo, I just got... You know, I took my bass down oh, yeah, yeah. to the other thing. Like, some basses, when you hit... Like, they have... Hold on, like, it resonates, and you're like, oh, oh yeah, shit. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, this thing right here probably doesn't resonate as much. But, dude, think about that. You're doing that with your finger.
1: Dude, I mean, you know that this action on this bass sucks. Right. But... That resin. Do you see how much it resonates? Okay, so I got that out of the basement for the first time today in yeah. I don't know, four or five years since I moved to my house, whatever. I don't know. It's been about that.
2: Um see somebody else's dream. Don't sell yourself to somebody else's dream. But yes,
1: the base. My son was is was has been very interested in that. He's been looking in the basement and being like, What's that big thing? Get it, it like, set up for him. Well so I brought it up today, took it out and he was the first person at it. He was just like that's the upright bass. That's the upright bass. I was just like, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna take it out of its case now. And he's just like, okay, okay, my son is autistic, so even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, uh, and so he hasn't shown interest in music as I told you earlier. Um, but so now, for some reason, now it's all coming out. Garage Good. band. He grabs my guitar. He grabs the keys. He pu- he has a, we have a melodica. We have, uh, he has a saxophone now. He's taking lessons at school, and this thing is what he wants. And this thing he grabbed it and played it. And he's my height. He's he's big. He's a big dude. You guys you guys you guys first of all there's no you need to get a tail pin on Yeah, yeah. just
2: you just yo, you live closer to to, To to Mystic mystic than I (laughs) do.
1: Yeah, I'll have to. I'll get it. I'll get it tuned up or something.
2: No, you just no. you don't need to. Get, you just need to bring the action down so it's playable. That thing's you can't like. That's made. That's a doghouse bass, and I get it. Right. Like it was made to just play up in the low end because when I was playing in the low end, it's easy to play. Yes. And I'm pretty sure that when you take it to the dude down there, he'll tell you the same thing. But if your son's into playing it, right. Yeah. You know,
1: but that's the thing. I was telling and him. If Is he's that not,
2: the... then you can always get back to it later. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> it's no, it's yeah. set up to
1: I can play it. You know? Yeah. No, my wife was was realizing like how taken by it he was like how it just completely like like he was like you can see the infatuation like how he's just like ooh dude it makes a, the yeah. noise this makes you know like you pluck these strings yeah
2: but you don't understand like for me like I mean I've been I've been playing electric bass my entire existence mm-hmm. and it's just a it's just a bigger guitar with fatter strings you know what I'm saying like this thing
1: mm-hmm
2: is like you know when you pluck that string like that body makes it that's the thing that makes it you don't need an
1: amp it's it's an acoustic
2: instrument it just it just that's what i'm talking about right and it it debate like it resonates you know
1: what i mean absolutely and you feel it in your body and you actually rest it like on your thigh like like i like my wife was asking me like how is he can you show him how to hold it i'm like oh yeah yeah you hear this what is this popping that's the end of the album oh yeah these are the last few seconds And that's it
2: man that's 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 why 338 is just like i said that's like honestly like mm. listen to this record to that point and you'll just be like completely blown away but to back on the upright bass man like that's like it's just a, um it's like playing any kind of acoustic instrument where it's like
0: mm.
2: you feel it
1: yeah you know what i mean like it's like i love playing that like that acoustic guitar is sick because yeah. That's how you can gauge D- a good guitar is that you rest D- it D- on your chest yeah, or and you strum it and you can and you can feel the reverberation and the stronger the reverberation is, the better the guitar is, quality-wise, supposedly. Or,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or for me, it's more just, which, yes. I mean, there's aspects of that. But for me, what it's more just about is the fact that like, you know, you and I both play bass, right? Electric yeah. bass. It's like, how does that sound when you play it unplugged in front of the TV and when yeah. you play it Plugged in front of the TV, right. you know what I'm yeah, trying to say? Things, like, yo, right. come on, dude. But have you ever rested your chin on the on the the rest? Yeah, hell yeah, I put of my course. ear on that thing so I could figure out the tuning. I'm not talking about yeah, that. I just, yeah, that's a whole different story because right. that's the difference between oh, I got a maple neck and I got a rosewood neck, or it's this body, and then we can get oh, I got these pickups in this pack. You know, that's a different story when right. it's plugged in and we're playing. Right. But you know, as for it being a resonating instrument, hell yeah, dude. I mean, like, dude give me a rubber band right now ding 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 like mm-hmm. hey, let me get the right mic it'll right. sound killer but the point i'm making is this is that this that thing it's an acoustic issue. it's like you know like now i want to buy a violin yeah you know what i mean i'm like why <laughs> why
1: not you know what i'm saying it's just a, yeah it's just a, as they call
2: these things bass fiddles let me just yeah. get a fiddle fiddle yeah, yeah, you know what i mean i
1: was going to ask you don't they sometimes refer to these as double basses
2: double basses why do bass they call fidd- it a double bass and I read about this recently, and if it will come back to me, it'll come back to me. Hold on. Oh. Uh,
1: All right, it's, it's it not a terribly important question, but I did add, tell my son I was going to ask you about this because I was a. Slave. I should know this, and you know, go easily Google it. But it had, uh,
2: you know, why I know it because it doubles the bass. That's what it was. It doubles it's, the bass. It doubles the bass because I think I think what it was was when they wrote for the bass clef. it played the same notes as whatever other instrument was playing bass. Oh, so it okay. doubled the bass
1: okay i could be wrong it's playing the same part it's playing along with like whatever instrument but it's like the yeah the whatever baseline instrument if we
2: we're, were playing piano whatever the left hand bass okay. thing was, it would double the bass oh and i could be wrong. but it's
1: always when they're playing this type of thing you don't you don't call an electric bass a double bass no,
2: I think I think it, I, I think it's because that comes from classical t- okay. theory talk because that's why they refer to it now as the upright bass. Right. They also refer to it as the bass fiddle. Bull um, fiddle? The bull fiddle? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, that being said, um, I think the double bass is, I think that's right. I could be right. It may have just popped in my head. Already. Okay.
1: That sounds right. I mean, that that makes a lot of sense. I mean, it, yeah, I'll go with that. I'm going to go with it too. <laughs> It just makes more sense. So now playing it again. Yes. The full body experience.
2: Oh, not again. Actually, I just picked it up. As I told you, two months ago was when I actually... So I I had bought an electric upright like 10 plus years, 10, 11 years ago. Mm. And I only know this because I bought this upright. And then I ended up buying something from this company that I bought something from before. And then, you know, I was looking my like... Purchase history. Purchase history. <laughs> it was like, I was like, oh oh, two thousand ten. Damn. Know. You know, what did I do with that thing? Yeah. Exactly. Well, I sold it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the electric upright was a Palantino. It was like basically kind of like a, a very thin line body yep, to stick with strings. Yes. Yep. No. No life. No exactly. Life. And the things you had to plug it in to fucking you know, and, and and or you could have done you know when I'm sitting in front of the TV and just playing fucking the electric bass you know. One hand, a two in and like just doing my exercise where it's not plugged in. Hmm. That's what sort it of sounds like. You right. could hear the notes, but it wasn't.
1: It's no life. It's, it's a, not a hollow like when body. You're plugging it in, right. in that
2: bass when it sounds like boom, boom. <laughs> this thing? Yeah, man. Where it's sitting right now is where it's, my thing is sitting down right now. And if you weren't here, it'd be sitting down for a moment. I'd pick it up, do loo oop, my arm. Hurt. put it down go pick up that guitar, dick around, or maybe I'll like, you know, go look at something on the internet and then boom, doom, 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 doom. doom. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's right. just, it's so immediate. It's like playing acoustic, like I, that acoustic guitar right there, that's the first new guitar I ever bought. Hmm. And that was two years ago. And, because uh, before I just buy used gear and um that acoustic guitar, man, sounds way better than the other acoustic guitar that i've had for like 15 16 years now which was just a beater oh, yeah. hundred dollar thing that served its purpose killer i started playing this thing and i'm like this shit sounds fucking awesome mm. you know what i mean and um and that's the whole thing it's like you know when you have an acoustic instrument where you don't have to deal with i gotta plug it in it's just a different beast right you know what i mean just like sonically and you know whether you feel the vibrations or not because i mean i don't really feel that thing if i'm wearing this you know what i'm saying but mm. you know if i'm like got no shirt on maybe i can hear something you know i feel it and right. with the upright bass it's like yeah i can feel it sometimes but most of the time i'm just thinking about hitting the right notes, so i'm not even feeling it you know what i mean yeah <laughs> you know what i mean um but the sound that it produces without it having to be plugged in that's the awesome part yeah i mean That's the ultimate drum, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. So uh, now you were talking about uh, a lot of all this uh, instruments that you're playing and obviously playing like all day, you know, take a little bit here, do a little bit here, do a little Mm -hmm. bit there. Are you working on a solo record? Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. I'm trying to to be a front man now. So I have, I think, all the uh, rough features that I'm doing and um, nothing released yet, but it's basically what I'm using as a a working title right now Mm -hmm. on... um, trying to present something you know what i mean and i was as i was saying earlier i was like you know the one unfortunate aspect of covid right now is that i can't go out there and like trip and fall on my face mm-hmm. at, at you know meaningless right. and mindless gigs right <clears throat> you know what i'm saying yeah because that's where like sitting in the house and writing tunes and kind of stuff like that like that's cool and it's easy and whatnot but for me these days it's like
1: anybody can record shit. Yeah. So you just want to like to you want to bring it out and try it out in front of a crowd? And well, I just think I just well, I just think the, the 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 live
2: show is. Remember, I was saying earlier about people wanting to see live shows and oh, yeah. and like you know, I think like anybody can record these days. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got a cell phone, you know. What I mean, like right. I, I got an iPhone. It's got GarageBand on it. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like if you got the right, you could make a record on your iPhone,
1: and um,
2: and make it sound good.
1: All right, I gotta do good again. Kind of good. Just on the tune. Just, just, just punch. We'll just punch it in good. later, man. We'll that's punch it I'm in saying. later. Wait, wait. wait. I didn't get the good yet. Yeah. <laughs> good,
2: good. Look, uh,
1: I got, I got a filter for that. Don't worry about you it. Got it. Move cool. on. Move, Move on. don't We got to filter. You know what I'm
2: saying like that's one thing. And then at the show, it's like you know you got to good like you know what I mean. Like people are gonna be like, yo, that sounds like shit. Yeah. And and that to me is you know because so hence the reason yeah so yes I am working on something but it's That's something cool. that I, it's definitely in the formative stage like ever since I moved back to Rhode Island like five years ago I've been on and even like a little bit before that I've been like I'm you know being in the thievery thing I'm like tired of being behind singers mm-hmm. like I want to yeah be the front
1: guy. I, I mean, be, we, we didn't even get to talk about any of your bands actually. Like we, which we, is not because we, we we were talking about the pop. <laughs> no, I know, I know. But I because but I did want to touch on some things, and uh, we, we kind of have to wrap it up because you yeah, actually yeah. have to get to practice yes, for a, a show
2: that we're having. You know, this won't come out in time, but don't yeah. worry about
1: it. It will be uh, streaming, and so it actually will be saved onto YouTube. So it you will be. Actually... Yes, it's, it's, a,
2: it's, a, it's a it's a throwback band with my drinking buddies called Narnia with a G. Mm. Hmm hate
1: the name you're not good about bands with names like no the, i'm the, terrible the band exactly. names thing it's
2: a it's a very bad thing i mean it's like the the i love matt johnson you know what i'm saying it's like the who you know who doesn't like john and yeah mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but uh so narnia is playing uh, a live streaming benefit show right because it's like every all oh, they do the streaming and they're taking uh, like a virtual tip jar i think for dusk
2: oh that's great Yeah, yeah 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 dusk all day
1: yeah, so yeah, um, so that's why I know like because they've been starting the series, so there's been a couple of shows already. that Yeah, 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 happened. yeah.
2: It's been about three or four now. I think this is a fifth. This will be the fifth one, I think.
1: Right. So, um, so yeah, so it'll, it'll still be on YouTube, so people can actually still see it. Correct. Um,
2: we're gonna have to speed this one up. Right. I and mean, this is coming to you from.
1: And this is uh this is what we call wrapping it up. Uh, <laughs> okay. One two one two. <laughs> yeah, so you were on the radio. You kind of know the whole radio gig, then, huh? Like how to. Uh
2: yeah, it's called wrap it up, B. Yeah, wrap man. it up. All right.
1: All right. Well, uh, so Narnia is playing on the twenty fifth, which is Thursday. Yes. Uh, I will link the the uh, the stream to it, so that oh, you can cool. actually, They'll be able to watch the whole thing after the fact, anyway. So.
2: Very cool. Very cool. Um, thank you. Thank
1: you, man. This has been a blast. Are you kidding thank me, you for fucking been... letting me. You know, explore the, the fucking pop group.
2: Oh yeah, you haven't even, you, like wait to hear the next record. Actually the singles, yeah. man. We'll listen to it right now. Once okay. the once the once the video dies. Are you
1: gonna play the you know, play the bullfit a little bit?
2: I, I would love to, you know go what I'm saying? Alright, here we go. The, oh, then, then. Yeah, I don't even want to play this
1: thing either. It's like I get on these things and it's like as soon as I don't see the dots, they're
2: like, Oh shit, what the fuck? Where am I?
1: Keep it real simple. Three notes. Three notes groove. Vinyl Envision is a psychic static production. Theme song written and performed by Jeff Robbins of 123 Astronaut.